new Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The two-hour season finale showdown. This is uh, incredible. No mortal person has ever had this much power. Hell hath no fury like a Wiccan scorned. Now I get to be the Slayer. It's good versus evil, winner take all. Show me what you got. And I'll show you what a Slayer really is. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Welcome to Lesbian Gay Type Lovers, also known as If the Apocalypse Comes Beat Me. This is a weekly-ish podcast about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We take a look at each episode according to its original air date 20 years ago. And this week's episode is Season 6, Episode 22, Grave. We'll be talking about the plot. We'll be talking about the characters. We'll be talking about where we've been and where we go from here. So spoilers abound for this episode, every episode before it, every episode after it, the comics, and probably other shows and movies. Beat Me Pod's gonna drain the planet's life force, funnel its energy through the internet, and burn the earth to a cinder. Hello! Hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Oh my gosh. Can you believe? Full disclosure, everyone. It's a uh, hundred something degrees in Portland right now. Uh, we have to run the air conditioning or we'll all die. And uh, so it's probably loud, but I'm sorry. It was better that than no season finale, right? We could have just never recorded Grave. That was also an option, I guess. We're but. coming to you from a beer cooler. That's right. Somewhere in a town near you. <laughs> Somewhere in Portland, Oregon. Just JK, in a town near you, apparently. And also, we're recording all together in the same room for the first time in, like, years. Uh, which is yeah, I mean, definitely pandemic. But what episode would it be? I don't I don't actually know. It would have been We did Superstar right five. when COVID started. So yeah. I think we ended all of season four. But yeah, sometimes season five, I guess. Anyway, you have no idea who these voices are. My name is Kelly, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, Stacia. Say hello. Hello. Daniel, my other co-host, say hello. Hey, if you'd like to podcast, that's what you podcasters are good at, right? Podcasting. (laughs) Butting into things that don't concern you. (laughs) That is what we do. We're also our dogs. Our dogs are going to feature. This is going to be a very noisy episode. How on brand is it for us to have consistent, good quality up into the very last episode. Call it a soundscape and let's move on. <laughs> and classic We Are Real Podcast Network Network style. <gasps> brand new mic on the last episode of a season. That's right. For no reason and just to mess with us even further. Keeping it consistent. Love it. But yeah, we're not here to talk about our soundscape. We're here to talk about Grave, which originally aired also on May 21st of the year 2002, just like the episode directly preceding it. Because it was a two-hour goddamn special. Written by David Fury, 14 of 17 for him. Last was Gone. And next will be Sleeper, Season 7, Episode 8. Directed by James A. Cotner, 17 of 20 for him. Last was Entropy. And next will be Same Time, Same Place, Season 7, Episode 3. Hey! I'd love to see it. I have something very important to ask, Stacia. <laughs> oh, God. What happened in this episode? Oh, yes. We pick up where we left off. Well, not left exactly, considering this was aired as one big episode. But anyway, we pick up where we left off. Everyone on the floor of the magic box. Everyone but Giles, because he's still standing in the doorway where he made his dramatic entrance. He and Willow have a little chat about how Willow is getting too powerful, eh? And Willow gets in some pretty good verbal KOs on Giles. Tired of being dunked on, Giles puts Willow in a no magic timeout bubble. Giles and Buffy go into the training room so Buffy can tell Giles what happened this season on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. (laughs) 
They laugh heartily about all of the hilarious pain and suffering our friends have endured this year. While they're busy with their belly laughs, Willow, Jedi mind tricks Anya into lifting the binding spell. Anya's floating unconscious body appears in the doorway of the training room. Oh, not floating. Being held aloft via the neck by Dark Willow. Fun! Willow throws some <laughs> lightning paint at Buffy and draws Magic's Willow through the brick wall. Cue Giles and Willow magic fight. Just kidding. Cut to Xander, Don, Andrew, and Jonathan walking down a residential street. Xander bemoans the fact that he's such a loser he can't even run away right, and Don tries to convince him that they should turn around and help Buffy. She even hits him with her new favorite goading line. Spike would do it. <laughs> Xander spits back something I was not prepared for. Yeah, if he wasn't too busy trying to rape your sister... Hurting Donner and betraying his friend's confidence in an impressive asshole combo. Kick-kick-kick combo. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Spike's still in the Africa cave. Beetle scrawl outside and inside of him. Wow, the magic box is fucked up. That off-screen magic showdown must have been pretty intense. <laughs> Too bad we won't know. <laughs> Giles is messed up and Willow nearly drops the entire restricted books loft on his head, but Buffy tackles him out of the way before it comes crashing down. Willow makes a homing fireball and sets the target to Jonathan and Andrew. The ball shoots through the roof, heading for the duo, and Buffy takes off after it, just as Willow had hoped. With the Slayer destruction gone, Willow gets back to the pummeling of Rupert Giles, exhausting herself. She does the same juice box squeeze trick she did to rack on Giles to re-up her magic. Willow gets so high she starts to feel the emotions of everyone on the planet. I hate when that happens. <laughs> and after some truly cringy lines of dialogue, decides that the only way to save us poor bastards is to end the world. The, the flea gang. The flea gang. Andrew, Jonathan, Xander, and Dawn. The flea gang. Too bad none of our audience can see that it's spelled F-L-E-E. -E. Oh, yeah, and not like the, the bug. Yeah, flea stupid bug. homonyms. Fucking homonyms. <laughs> The bug gang is now at that cemetery with the Alpert mausoleum where Xander is trying and failing to kick in the door of said mausoleum. Presumably so they can hide from Willow in there. Don notices a giant flaming ball in the sky that's headed straight for them. Luckily, Buffy had been keeping pace with the flying ball of flames. Damn, she is fast. <laughs> and does another life-saving tackle maneuver on Andrew and Jonathan. Instead of hitting the geeks, the fireball explodes into the ground, conveniently missing Xander and Don as well. I mean, Xander does get knocked out, but still... Courtesy of the fireball, a giant hole opens in the middle of the cemetery, into which Buffy and Dawn fall. With Xander KO'd and the Summers girls trapped in the newly uncovered coffin pit, Jonathan and Andrew beat feet to Mexico. Hey, Anya's awake. She stumbles through the magic box wreckage and finds a thoroughly thumped Giles on the ground. He tells Anya that he's dying and that Willow is going to finish the world. Jesus, Rupert, you've been back in the U.S. for barely an hour and you've managed to create a world-ending super witch. <laughs> Back in the chick pit, Dawn and Buffy begin to have a heart-to-heart, -heart, but are interrupted by Xander getting way too close to the edge of the chasm. Yes, ask Buffy if she's okay. That's a dollar for the buster. And they start to strategize about how to get Dawn and Buffy out. Okay. Okay. Thank you. I know. You're Only one of them was getting pet. She's a staunch a devotee of the watches, and she was like, yeah, Buffy gets a dollar. Is that the last dollar for Buffy this season? Yeah, I think so. Uh, then they are all interrupted. So many interruptions. How ironic. <laughs> they weren't the only ones interrupted. Uh, by Anya, who teleported into the cavern to let everyone know that Willow plans to end the world by raising a satanic temple on King's, Kingman's Bluff. King Man's Bluff. King Man's Bluff. Right? Yes. Where is she going? Big old satanic temple. Kingman's Bluff? There's no temple on Kingman's Bluff. <laughs> 
<laughs> she tells Buffy that no magical or supernatural force can stop Willow. So this is pretty much the end. Oh, also, Giles is dying. See ya. <laughs> I don't, I mean, is that really, like, the bomb? The Giles part? Not the everyone's gonna die apart? Because, like, everyone would include Giles anyways. So, like. Fair enough. It's true. I don't know. I thought that was weird. Anyways, we can talk about that later. <laughs> Buffy resumes her pile-up-the-coffins plan, hoping to escape the crater and stop the apocalypse. Willow, not being so keen. Someone should have beeped her. Hey. Hey. Willow, (laughs) not being so keen on Buffy trying to prevent her killing everyone on Earth, uses her long-range telepathy to tell Buffy what Anya already did. I'm ending the world, and you're not stopping me, but you're a fighter, so you should go down fighting. From the rocky walls of the pit, crabby golem guys come to life and begin to attack. Buffy recognizes immediately that she's outnumbered and asks Dawn to help. I mean, two swords did conveniently fall into the hole when it (laughs) opened up. It would be dumb not to use both. It's true. Tough stuff. Buffy could have used both. She could have. She does have two arms. At the bombed out magic box, Anya is crying on the floor next to a giant... (laughs) Giant Giles. (laughs) Giant Giles. (laughs) Next to a dying Giles, but he doesn't waste an opportunity to roast the ex-librarian, saying, I'm glad you're here and all, but it probably would have been better if you would have stayed your ass on on home instead of turbocharging the Uber Witch. Stayed your ass on home. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead and stay your ass on home next time, Giles? Is that a saying? (laughs) That's a Florida thing. It's going to be some Southern. That's a Florida thing. (laughs) I mean, it's fair to play Florida for everything. Stay your ass on (laughs) home. On Kingman's Bluff with the temple to Prosper Proserpexa. Proserpexa, yeah, there you go. Proserpexa. As raised as it's gonna get <laughs> five feet out of the ground. Right. Xander steps into Willow's magic stream, stopping the flow between her and the satanic effigy. Willow tells him not to get out of <laughs> tells him to get out of the way, but he doesn't, so she magics him out of the way. Resume temple raising, I think, or effigy powering. Unclear. Buffy and Dawn fight the crab rock guys. Buffy is impressed that Dawn hasn't died immediately. <laughs> Xander gets up and puts himself in the way of the devil juice again. Willow gets increasingly annoyed as Xander tries to talk the world ending out of her. He tells her earnestly that if she's going to end the world, to start with him. He walks towards Willow, telling her that he loves her over and over again. Willow hurls spells at him, each one less strong than the last. And then the power of friendship lets Xander close the gap between them. Willow pounds on his chest weakly with her fists and breaks down in sobs. They fall to the ground, holding each other, and Willow's hair turns from black to red. With the threat eliminated, Giles gets Little Pup back in his step. He reveals to Anya that it was his incredibly risky scheme all along to have Willow get roided up on his special coven supply and have Xander talk her down. He planned on Xander Harris saving the world. (laughs) Back in the Epiphany Pit, the Epiphany Pit, (laughs) <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. Uh, Buffy and Dawn marvel at the world not ending. Buffy finally breaks down about everything that's happened this year and, perhaps inappropriately given the circumstances, has a new, beautifully optimistic outlook on life. With Dawn in tow, Buffy crawls out of her grave, but this time on her own terms. Sarah McLaughlin sings us our, through our epilogue, a montage of where we'll leave our friends this season. Willow, still choking out her grief in Xander's arms, Dawn and Buffy walk through a gorgeous arboretum into the first hopeful sunrise since Buffy's return. Anya helps Giles out of the magic box wreckage. And because I know you were on the edge of your seat about it, Jonathan and Andrew are, in fact, in a trek heading to Mexico. Ugh. And Halsa spikes past his stupid test or whatever and got his soul back. (laughs) 
beautifully said. Wonderful. Thank you. Absolutely. So the last time you'll have to do that till the next time. <laughs> so next week. <laughs> no, hey, the season, the next season doesn't start for months, guys. Months. Uh, you already um, totally ruined the suspense. It's not suspense. Illusion? The illusion that this is still May by telling everyone that it's 100 degrees in July. Oh, yeah. Anyway, you Where'd want some go? facts? You want some gosh dang facts? Fact me up. Please, please. I'm going to do it. Please. The grave that reads Paletti near the Alper Mausoleum is hey. the same reads one. what? Paletti, the last name. There is a grave that reads Paletti near the Alpert Mausoleum. Important, okay. Yeah. And that one, Don will slay a vampire that pops out of that grave in lessons. Didn't you need to know that? You did. You would have found out next episode, but now you know. It's a great, beautiful shot. Fucking well, beautiful. we wouldn't Look even them. remember that because next episode, as you just reminded us, is months away. Months it looks away. It's like a fucking painting. It Mon- does look like a painting. It's excellent. It's beautiful. Months away. Also, why didn't? Why wasn't that a fun fact? Blame in lessons. The internet. I'm sure I'll bring it up again. Don't. It's it's fine. It's fine. This is the second appearance of Kingman's Bluff. Stacia doesn't get to answer this. What was the first appearance, Daniel? Uh, I'm gonna assume it's fucking amends. Great job. Where we can smell the goddamn sun. <laughs> Stacia said, "Is this the same place where Angel smelled the sunrise?" <laughs> is it really though? It is. Like I it hate is. that. I kind of don't. I don't think it is the, the same, same location. It can't be. But Although bluffs are pretty big. It's supposed to be in the same. It's supposed to be the same in the world. In the world, and I guess with the bluff, they're kind of looking off on the ocean, but you know, Angel and them are looking off towards Sunnydale. Right. When there's so you know, it could be the same spot. Could be. You know, know. Sunnydale's real, so definitely the same spot, <laughs> it's obviously. Definitely exactly the same spot. Uh, this is the only season finale not written and directed by Joss Whedon, as I'm sure you both know already. In fact, this is the only season where only one episode was written and directed by Joss. Once more with feeling. That's mm-hmm. the one. Per James A. Cotner, while filming the scenes with Willow and Xander on the cliff, the wind churned up dust, which blew into Alice and Hannigan's eyes, so she had to remove her black contacts. They made the black in post instead. I did not notice at all. Good job, CG. They can do little tiny balls of black. CG looks good. I gotta say, the fire actually looked pretty good in HD. I, I didn't think it was gonna hold up, but the, the fireball, fireball, yeah, looked pretty good. The worst part about the show is still just that it's from the early 2000s, so the camera that they're using to film the HD is very obvious what it is. So when they're filming it, everything looks a little bit grainier, and you know that something CG is about, it's about to, to happen. happen. Yeah, and For sure. you know it is what it is. But I concur. Oh yeah, I probably said this in the gift, but. David Fury confirms in the commentary for Grave that he wanted to bring back the dragon that came out of the portal at the end of the gift for Buffy to fight in this episode. However, the season's budget had already been blown on once more with feeling and gone. Because CGI dragons are expensive, they had to settle on Buffy fighting the Earth Golems. Uh, I was like, it was gone really expensive to shoot? What even happens in that episode? And I guess it's just because there's a lot of magic? It's not even the episode where Buffy and Spike fuck the house down, so... I don't know. I guess it's just magic stuff. Uh... Buffy and Don are going, were originally going to fall into a sewer, not into a random pit in the cemetery. But again, with the money problem and water is equal, it's expensive. They were going to fall into a sewer on that residential street they were all walking down. Uh, and then there was going to be a sewer island in the middle that Buffy and Don were going to swim to. And then tar demons were going to come out of the water for them to fight. Mm. I don't know. It sounds like it could be cool. I don't think we've done like a tar demon. That's I think that'd be fun. Yeah. That would be fun. But money. Stupid, stupid money. Always. And also, the reason why they vetoed that, or Joss Whedon vetoed that, because he wanted Buffy to have to crawl out of a grave again for, you know, the nice bookend of starting the season and ending the season with that. It was very important. Hey, Sarah McLaughlin! Second time, she closes the season finale. What was the first time? Prophecy Girl. No. 
Becoming. It's oh, okay. You're just gonna list them. <laughs> yes, it was becoming. Yes. <laughs> Got it. Were you gonna get there? I don't know. What if it was restless? <laughs> Which one's becoming? Uh, Second season one. two. She's uh, on the bus when she gets on the day. bus yeah. in her yeah. sad overalls. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Yep. Uh, so that song was full of grace at the end of season two from the '97 album Servicing. The song at the end of Grave is the Prayer of Saint Francis, also from Servicing, but it's a very deep cut because it actually was originally only included on the bonus disc of the limited two-disc edition of Servicing. So someone clearly on the cast is a or on the cast on the crew, big Sarah McLaughlin fan enough to put this song on here, and I thought it was great. It's beautiful. Yeah, it worked out well. If you listen to the words, it's very apropos. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't either. Okay. No more fun. What are the words? You want yeah, the, words? the words are. Oh, we were going to get there. I'm sorry. No, no, no. We weren't going to get there. Oh. Uh, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. And where there is sadness, joy. O divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled, but as to console. To be under, Not to be understood, but as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is given, is it? It's in giving that we receive, Joey. In loving, <laughs> and having, <laughs> and pardoning that we are pardoned, and in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. There you go. But listen Thanks to the song that. because that was a terrible reading of that. And you could just play the song. Really? I thought Sarah McLaughlin was right here. I know, right? It's like she was in the room. <laughs> this is nothing. It's all nothing. I gotta tell you what Marty Knoxon. Thanks. It's the last time we'll last time. an accident this last season. Time. Quote, it was the first season climax that Joss did not write indirect. Why you would say climax instead of finale. It is the climax of the... I just, dear God, I know, but I hate that word so much. Anyway, first season climax that Joss did not write indirect. There were some production problems. I was massively <laughs> pregnant. you said it like four times then. I was massively pregnant at that... Pregnant? <laughs> pregnant at that point. And a little <laughs> slow on my feet. Pregnant. I, I, <laughs> so I... Am I pregnant? It wasn't an easy... <laughs> It was How did she going. become pregnant? <laughs> Some was there a climax involved? Done. Oh my god! Okay. Uh, <laughs> you know that meme where that guy reads the Yahoo questions about am I pregnante? <laughs> pregnante. Okay. Anyway. Cycle that back. Redo. I have to say it again. You do, but Please. this time straight face. Yeah. Okay. No pressure. We're not paying attention at all. <laughs> We've already got our jokes in. We, we did it. That's fine. We that got your it system. out of the system. <laughs> okay. Quote, it was the first season climax that Joss did not write and direct. There were some production problems. I was massively pregnant at that point and a little slow on my feet, so it wasn't as easygoing as some episodes that we've done. Uh, end quote. Also, during an interview with the BBC in response to flan- flans, fans blaming Marty for the way the season shook out. Quote, I've been accused of being sort of the pain and chains girl. My episodes are often about dark issues and nasty sex. Joss would say that until I got this show, it wasn't quite as nasty. And I take that as a compliment. That's what Marty Knoxon has to say. Not a whole lot about this episode specifically, clearly, other than it was kind of tough. Well, people didn't like it. I mean, that's always interesting to think of, like, people hate season six. You hated season six. People it's hate like, season six? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Well, I know you did, but I thought you were just, like, a weird one-off. No, I think this is, like, widely people's least favorite seasons. Oh. Probably but, for the dumb reasons that we've gone over this entire season. Yes. But let's talk about just this episode. Stacia, tell me how you feel about this episode. It's okay. It's okay? Yeah. Yeah. Nothing 
and special. You know, I have a hard time in this moment yeah. to talk about <laughs> my feelings about the episode. That's fair. It's really hard to buy Willow as a, a villain, and all the pew-pew magic stuff is kind of hokey. Mm-hmm. You mean the green balls just, like, coming out of her chest? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the worst. Yeah, that was pretty bad. Uh, moment but even just like the goop that giles like slung around her mm-hmm. in like a tube yep. floaty shape to hold her and then she's like got her head back and she's like you can't hold me for long <laughs> was that a, a binding hokey. a binding curse whatever. binding spell yeah binding spell yep. yeah yeah it was nice to see buffy recognize dawn as coming into her own as a person mm. it doesn't necessarily need to be protected from the world i mean Dawn makes a great point right like people i love keep dying and willow is killing people and things are bad you can't protect me from that like that is happening okay but also maybe you don't need to know about your sister's sex life agreed true it's also a throwback to xander's line about you know there's blood on my hands all day or whatever he said i've had blood on my hands all day blood from people i love yeah well it was nice to see dawn doing her fighting and being strong and helping you know like holding oh, yeah. her own or whatever but then it was also frustrating for um dawn to be like you don't even tell me anything and then when they said something about giles she's like you didn't tell me giles was back and it's like it's been five seconds we're fighting demons come yes! on yes <laughs> shit is happening <laughs> they tow that line of a teenager a teenager would definitely do that right and it's like well do we need to daniel yes please tell me uh, I really like this episode. Good stuff from Willow and Xander. Um, we kind of joked. I mean, I always thought the crayon stuff was funny, but it was really poignant. I, I really like that a lot. It also wasn't as long as I thought it was. Mm, me it too. was so short, so to the point. Well done. A plus. Uh, SMG and Trachtenberg, of course, get to go off and cry and be amazing mm-hmm. because they're the best actors on the show. Uh, lots of Giles, lots of Vanya. I love them together. We got to hang out with them and it made me think of like Tabula Raza with them hanging out for a whole episode it was super fun. Spike reveal at the end was fine, but it was like a nice cliffhanger. Again, a great season finale of TV. Sometimes they don't do that shit. Restless, yeah. a great example of a great episode. My number one of all time, but they don't do like a fun cliffhanger fucking what's going on. Mm-hmm. Like Spike getting a soul. That's a big deal. I mean, theoretically, we don't know. Uh, as a single episode, I, I think that this could be one of 20s, even top 10s, maybe, uh, if you wanted to be um, really generous. However, I will admit here that if anybody's keeping score at home, take off my ranking for Two to Go, because Two to Go and Grave are actually combined together. Part of my 137 Mm -hmm. are these two episodes. So I ranked at number 68 last week for Two to Go. Forget about it. It's a lie. Forget about it. Although it will be the baseline for how I rank, so stay tuned for that. Um, the, The two main things that I thought of is like this was a great finale because it circled two wagons. One was Buffy. Buffy obviously crawling out of the grave. I actually didn't catch that, but I just thought of, you know, once more with feeling she came from the grave, much graver. Mm -hmm. And like, she's finally not as grave anymore. She's like accepted her bullshit little speech that she gave to Willow. I believe her now. I believe the breakdown, the crying telling Dawn that like, there's so much to look forward to. That's real. What she was trying to do, to Willow, fake. Yes. And I think that she needed something. I don't know what it was. A bunch of weird demons or just the, the knowledge that Willow has been stopped and is alive or whatever to change that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. And then I got to, for the last time, credit where credit's due. I think they circled the wagon with the magic. Willow went from the books to Rack to Giles. Like overdosing was a thing. I kind of forgot how much the ending 
is all about that. He has this line, too, where he says something about the mystical energies uh, that keep her, uh, what is it, uh, to maintain her powers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. Yeah, so I, I think I, we kind of talked about a little bit outside before we recorded, like the seed of magic shows up in season eight. I don't think they've thought of the seed of magic There's no way. yet. Yeah. So I think that it's like, that's maybe the impetus for what that becomes. This idea of something maintaining or something you can draw up and draw down for magic. I don't know. Um, but I do like, the, I, I hate to say I like it, but I like the coven in Devon <laughs> because I love this idea that, that people just like Anya can feel uh, the force there's, there's a disturbance in the force and right, we can yeah. feel it and the first thing I thought of after the coven in, in Devon I was like that's stupid and then I thought of uh, R.I.P. the Tara and Willow's uh, Wicca club remember where they met <laughs> the one of and I was like I wonder if any of them are real Wiccas and I wonder if any of them felt the disturbance in the like force like they know Tara's dead that Willow's fucking end in the world yeah. and if they were what would you even do right because you maybe feel oh there's a disturbance in the force but like you should you're not, do something. But what do you do, right? Because <laughs> yeah. you're just a college campus club, you know? Mm-hmm. You probably lost touch with Tara and Willow. You, yeah. you don't even know anymore. Uh, so I thought that was really cool. And it just goes to show that, like, people don't do this all the time. They don't take too much magic. Like, there is, like, rules. And it really emphasizes that Willow broke all the rules. Mm-hmm. And I, I like it. Again, I think that it's just really well done. The episode's good. Fucking they did it. I feel like it works. I don't necessarily like it, but... It worked. I think it was more trying to speak to what Tara never said in words, Mm. which is like magic's not inherently bad. What you're doing is abusing it. You know, I think I like that you brought up that analogy station about the prescription drugs and stuff. It's like there's nothing wrong with medicine. It's when you take it too much or take what you're not supposed to be taking. You're 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 using these spells to cause harm or to change the world for selfish means. You're not using magic to have this interconnected like flow and yeah. Willow will really get to experience that in the next season, obviously because of her time with the coven in Devon, but uh, we're not, are you fucking kidding me? No, yeah, she's she has... going to meet the coven in Devon. We don't meet the coven in Devon, but it I is, don't care. they are off screen yada yada while they're, yeah, they're in England. Yeah. That it's, I they know go that they're all location there, like, too. They are in England in season seven. Yeah. This season might be the best ever. Season Co- seven. No, I don't probably <laughs> not, but the coven in Devon, come on. That's a great start. It's real. Okay, fair enough. What do you think, Kelly? I actually wrote down what I was going to say for once because I was having so many feelings. She spent so much time working on this episode. Fucking hours. Like 20 hours. Well, well, I should say it too. You rewatched. I mean, you should mention that too. You rewatched all the episodes. Yeah, I did. So I. I, You rewatched the whole season? No, I rewatched from uh, Entropy to the end Mm. because it felt like that's where it started. Like, that's where the end of the season started. It was all the way back in Entropy. But uh, I really didn't think this was going to affect me this much, this episode. Uh, I mean, I watched the show multiple times since it originally aired. And obviously, I get bummed out at the end of season six every time because, you know, I don't know. But something feels really different about watching it this time. It's more like the first time I watched it. And I know it's ridiculous and silly because this is a fucking TV show. But it's almost like I've been, like, grieving. Like, going through these stages along with Willow, right? Like, the denial, the bargaining especially the anger and now like the depression like mourning the loss of Tara the loss of Willow and Tara and I hadn't really stopped to think about like the other half of that ampersand though like the Willow half right like the show even made it kind of easy to forget about Willow this year sometimes but watching her in this episode on that bluff completely breaking down all of my like stupid unfair nitpicky criticisms of her reactions like it all kind of fell apart and I finally got what I guess I wanted which was to see Willow destroyed and holy shit it was affecting and I feel so bad for willow i feel like 
destroyed for Willow. And it's yeah. great TV. That's great TV, man. Like, it, I thought it was going to be a very stupid scene, just like you did. You know, I thought it was way longer. And I thought the crayon thing was, like, really jokey and bad. And it, it's quick into the I thought point. he created, like, some roundabout metaphor that yeah. I created in my head to make this, like, worse than it had to be. It was just a sweet, I've known you since you were a baby. Yeah. Since you were a kid in kindergarten. Like, it was very sweet. It was so good. <laughs> it was so great. So the hell? Yeah, anyway, really I think this episode was fantastic, which is the short way of saying all the things that I said. And uh, I feel so much better about all of the preceding episodes because of this. They really stuck the landing, and I really did not think they were going to. Just color me impressed and uh, embarrassed. I'm the embarrassing mom who tries too hard. When did this happen? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. well, I, I think your feelings are still – I mean – Maybe you have thought about that a lot more, like your own sort of like, yeah, that tension of like you wanted this and you kind of had forgotten what yeah, happens I here. I definitely did. But I also think that there's also some truth to mean that like you might not have totally forgotten, but it just might not have hit you the way it did this time. I think the way that we're watching it now is unlike anything you've ever done before, sure. admittedly. And if you're just rolling through, you're still in the grieving as you just plow through to get to season seven, you know? These are classic, watch the last three episodes of a season and go to bed, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't really process. You're just like, oh, I'm, the whole thing is awful. But now, one episode at a time. And stopping and thinking critically and about, and thinking it, about and... it. right? Yeah. Well, you were right to leave. We're just, stupid okay let's get the most boring part out of the way in my opinion at least wow the uh the non monkey paw of spike so jane espenson said uh but it was that moment in the bathroom when spike looked in the demon in him and that's what made him want to go get a soul we did mislead on you all led you to believe that it was the chip we knew all the time if he wanted to if all he wanted to do was hurt buffy he could have hurt buffy so he didn't need the chip out so apparently people really had a problem with the fact that the, about the spike soul mislead right because everybody was convinced just on the way that he was talking that he was like you thought initially to going to get his chip out well do we know yet that, uh, that he got what he wanted that's though? what i mean like i that when i watched this you you had said oh i'm a naive i don't know what's going on but i'm confused because i that's exactly what i thought he <laughs> wanted to get his chip done that's why he went to fight that's why he did this and then he was like, oh, I have to fight? Whatever. Fuck it. You're going to do what I need. I'll do whatever you want. And then at the end, it's like, fuck you. Here's your soul. Mm-hmm. Boom. So, yeah. So even at the end of this episode, it's not made clear, right? And I guess people couldn't deal with not knowing that. And, and Jocelyn had to come out and say, yeah, no, that's what it was the whole time. He, he wanted his soul the whole time. Oh, um, I'm sorry. He So he went there to get his soul. Correct. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. So uh, why not? A, you didn't explain. You didn't explain any of that stuff. I mean, I he said he wanted his chip out. Did he, he didn't not say s- that? He never said that. He did no. not. The problem is. Well, he's talking he, about wanting to, sh- to shove it. The bitch. You're right. I mean, admittedly, I mean, he could fight her. We know that. I so think I should the have problem thought about is that. they pushed language too far because if what he wanted to do was get his soul back so he could prove to Buffy that he's a worthy person, why would he be calling her like this bitch or this bitch is going to get what she deserves? Like that doesn't make sense. But he never actually says, I want my chip out. He just says, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Uh, Make me what I was. Make yeah. me my former self. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Bitch That's is going to get what she deserves. Vampire. Yeah. Bitch is going to get what she deserves. I.e., even if I thought that he can actually physically hurt her, he can't hurt 
her friends. So he could go now and kill her friends. He could be the big bad of next season. Dude, yeah. Angela style, a kill his whole, Correct. Kill, kill her whole yeah. family. So yep. make me what I am. I mean, the whole is thing a vampire. Is to <laughs> but I get it. You make him make William you again. Think. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that's your monkey paw, though. It's like make me what I am. See if mm-hmm. if. But that's the problem. If Spike is going there for that reason, I maybe disagree with that. I like the idea of saying make me what I am. Mm. But he thinks it's a vampire because he's been one for 200 years. But you, the guy, can misread that and say, or on purpose, be like, oh, what you are? You're a, you a were a human. creature with a soul. Yeah. yeah you, you started out as William from England. Here you fucking go. <laughs> Goodbye. Could you That's what you asked for. He had just been like, bing, and had his curly hair back and his like, little bow. <laughs> and a little effulgent so sign. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, that. I wish that they played that up a bit more because I'll be honest, that's... I don't like I mean, any of that I stuff. I don't think it works. Fun, although it would undercut the whole. Spike did this on purpose to prove a point to Buffy, as opposed to oh, you, sure. you know, like because that's that's been one of my uh, like I just, critiques mm. of Spike or of Angel compared to Spike is You're that right. everyone's like Spike's such a bad guy, and I mean he is, but he chooses to get his soul, whereas Angel has his thro- soul unwillingly thrust upon right. him, and he's like a terrible person without a soul. Spike, you know, is generally trying his best with or without a soul and chose to go through the torment of having a soul and dealing with, you know, everything he's done. So to make it an accident, to curse him essentially the same way Angel was, it's a problem. But I I do think that the way they phrased it, I think you could have, like, walked that line where it's ambiguous, but calling her a bitch when he's supposed to... Twice, be doing something noble to help to make her feel better. Yeah, I think that you're totally right that it's... And it didn't make me angry just because I guess I knew the whole time. Yeah. Um, which is weird because how could I know the whole time? I don't know. I guess like in retrospect, I knew the whole time, but obviously I didn't. Okay. So yeah. sorry, before I get ahead of myself, watching this live, I was having like a Mandela effect thing. I was like, yeah. I remember this a lot differently. Now, that very last line, specifically when he touches Spike's chest and says, I've returned your soul. Right. Uh, so listening to the commentary, David Fury was like, I wrote this way more ambiguous. Uh, I I never wrote the line I've restored your soul. I never wrote that. Like so, and I remember watching it as a kid. I had re- recorded everything, yeah. and I tried to always watch stuff with the, the closed captions on. And I had to go back and try to hear it because it didn't. It sounded almost like nothing. I don't remember him saying that. So it really was like vague and mysterious. And also, I didn't give a shit. So I was like, I'm not watching the show anymore. So whatever, <laughs> right. don't care. Whatever happened to Spike happened to Spike. So. Uh, I so I was glad to listen to that in the commentary. Be like maybe they did say something different. And in the, in the script itself, it also actually says your soul is returned to you, which is not what the demon says in the episode. Even though you know tomato tomato, yeah. he says uh, I've returned your soul, something like that. So even uh, in the final version where they did unambiguously say I returned your soul, it was different. Anyway, all that to say, they intentional mislead is one thing. They could have walked the line a lot better because it wasn't ambiguous. This the, they're good writers. Yeah, I think that's. That's bad writing. Agreed. It doesn't work. And also, if you did decide to like have that line be ADR'd, which you could say anything at that point, there's no physical person talking. Mm-hmm. Also, that man is a, a, in shadows all the time. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. So like, I understand why they put it there. Great cliffhanger. Soul is back. Wow. You could have also done nothing. You could have also... Done. Right. And so you no, know something's no happened yeah. and we move on. And then we don't learn that he got his soul until some other later point. That also works in the old days where you would have uh, – you would start to forget what happened, right? And you would forget maybe the lead up. You'd forget him calling her a bitch, all this stuff. And then it would be like, oh, 
maybe he did go back for his soul. All right, whatever. And then you just move on. You can enjoy the thing. I had, I'm glad we're talking about this. I don't think it would have ever occurred to me that he went and sought it out Mm -hmm. until he says that, I assume, in season seven. He's going to say it, right, at some point? If he never says it, then I would be, I would think that he was unwillingly given his soul. Yeah. That's how I saw the Because that thing. is how they wrote it. I think it is disingenuous of them to be like, ah, oh, cheeky mislead. It wasn't out of mislead. You lied, basically. Like, you, you not lied, but you, like, yeah. you, wow. you just... wrote language that could only really be interpreted one way. I don't, I don't know that that's entirely true. I immediately redact what I said. You didn't write language that could only be interpreted one way. James Marstered played it. So that it could only be interpreted one way, because he has venom in his voice when he says that stuff. Yeah. You say those same line of dialogue, and you're coming in with a you know a different perspective. Like she's gonna get what she deserves. Yeah, but they like, write that. They write. In, I mean, I'm not saying Marshers couldn't put some invective on it, but like that's part of. The oh, script. and directing. Yeah, like, no, I mean, it's, it's, it wasn't just his choice. Yeah, yeah. But they're all You could write this. the same thing. So I guess it must have. But that's been the, the intention. mislead. That's the mislead. Yeah. That's fine. Misleads are great when they work. I think I think we can all agree that this one did not work. I honestly almost didn't even put it in my little notes because I was like, you were just trying to fool me. Right. Like, so we don't even, we're not even going to talk about Spike today because <laughs> you were just joking to throw me off. You, maybe something else happened. And I was like, oh no, everything happened exactly how I thought. Move on. I didn't know we would even be talking about it. Yep. It never occurred to me that he went to get a soul until right now. Because people were pissed and I was like, oh, wow, why would anybody wow. be mad about that? But, you know, like talking about it. Oh yeah. Cause it's, not fair. Oh, it's it's not clever yeah. dialogue. It's like wow, intentionally wow. saying something to make you think that way. Or I rather it's just not ambiguous. They want that had a point of view. It wasn't like maybe this, maybe that. I don't know. The way that he said it, the way that the dialogue shook out, I think that you could only come away with the monkey paw idea. Because yeah. that's how it was set up. Yeah. So if it was truly like an ambiguous thing, and the phrasing is, it's not a hundred percent like he never says, Get my chip out, right? But still. But again, Mandela effect, I heard that in right, my head. Right, I heard right, that. Right. <laughs> but you're right. He did not say that. Yeah. But that's what he's talking about, right? I mean, because that's what we've been talking about for fucking four years now. Yes. Ever since the initiative. I don't know. It's like that's what they're playing on is that this is such a big thing in his life. What would he possibly be going off to do? The one thing he's been trying to do forever. Mm-hmm. Get this fucking chip out of his head. That's right. That's what I read. And I think that's probably what they were banking on is for me to think that the chip is the thing. But you're totally right. But so you're like, right it, it has agency. to be that he he picked it. He picked the soul thing. He wasn't he wasn't duped into it because that's the only way to redeem Spike. I, I mean, I'll just say that like unless it's like clarified, I I'm gonna keep I'm just gonna keep watching. Hey, if you'd like to watch, then that's what you watchers are good at, right? Watching, butting in on things that don't concern you. You concern me, Willa. Stay on this path and you'll wind up dead. I, while watching this, was getting strong primeval vibes. Do you remember the penultimate episode, season four? Is that the one where she, like, becomes a a slayer entity and rips Adam's heart sell out? Correct, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, They fight in the initiative, then they run away. The monster jury cell, yeah. And I thought I was reading into it too much. Monster jury cell. That's what it is. Uh, I thought I was reading into it too much, but... Turns out, guess who fucking wrote that episode? David Fury. Fury. Nice. Also, James A. Cotner directed it. Between Buffy and Angel, they have ri- written and directed. Like, they've been teamed up more than any other pair. It's like 10 episodes, really? 10 more episodes. So, anyway, this is absolutely the archetypes that David Fury created in Primeval. He's holding true to those, the roles that are the core four, man. This show started with Buffy, Xander, Willow, 
and Giles. And that's where we end up. And those are the four people that we needed do for Primeval. Right yeah, do the whole thing, right? So what do we have in Primeval? First up, the mind, right? Giles. Wizard oh. Scholar with the foresight to move the pieces where they must go. Giles' batshit plan. Let's talk about it. So, well, number one, Willow has to drink his juice. Ew. Likely, right? That's likely that I she's going to do freezing. that. <laughs> what would you like? Drain his, his oh, no, magic? Drain. Siphon his magic? Siphon his magic? Okay. Okay. There we go. She has to do that. And that makes sense, right? That seems like something she would inevitably end up doing. We've watched her lose power before, so it makes sense that she would maybe lose power and take it. Okay. So that's that's not the Has biggest thing. Has watched her do that? Well, I think the nope. coven. No, no, I think the coven would inform. I think this is why you got to trust the coven and all these people that understand disturbance in the force, mm-hmm. so they will understand what's going on. Like this person stealing way too much energy. How is she getting this much energy only from someone else? Only from the books, yeah. right? So it's like, and they might even do. They might have known. Like they might have known. They are a great MacGuffin. Explain her way because how much do they know? Are they completely omnipotent or whatever omniscient that they know everything that has happened and will happen? Who fucking knows? I love this show has two MacGuffins at once. We get the council shout out yes. and it's like a MacGuffin <laughs> that doesn't work <laughs> that they forgot could have worked. And then it's like, we just created another yeah, MacGuffin that is yeah, real. We could have just had the council and Dude. brought them back to, hey, they got a new leader at the council. The council's doing great things now. No, no, no. Holy- the, the Devon <laughs> this is all so excusable in the face of in the penultimate ep- episode of the entire show. We create lore of these old ladies that have been living in a crypt in Sunnydale for thousands of years with a magical axe that we've that. never talked about. So Wait. this is all fine. <laughs> this is all fine. Okay. I do that. <laughs> this is this is fine. Angel shows up. It's a thing. Just wait, just wait. It's all fine. <laughs> okay. So. Whew. We can say that it makes sense that she was going to drain him. Okay, step two of the plan. She Once she takes all, sorry, siphons all the magic, yes. she's going to want to end the world. Now, I realized watching this for the seventh time just now that I actually may have misinterpreted Giles' steps of the plan. Because initially I thought it was all, this was all as he foresaw it, right? Mm-hmm. Willow's going to take my magic. She's going to want to end the world. Xander will think... Magically be within earshot of Anya to know that Willow is at Kingman's Bluff and he will go there to stop them. And then Xander will be able to talk her down. But now I think that maybe that wasn't his plan. It was for Willow to take the magic, but then he would talk her he down. He would do it. Yeah. Because that's kind of what he says. Like the, the essence yeah, of magic will tap into her humanity and then there will be an opening for. But he must know that he would be injured by it. Right. Yeah. I mean, like you can't account for that. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Once the Capri Sun happens. He's out. But right? KO, I mean, that's a Giles classic. Like, I can do it. And then he gets KO'd. And it's like, all right, well, f- <laughs> now what, Whoops. Giles? Yes. <laughs> Rupert, come on. Well, buckle up, Rupert. Because I've turned pro. I'm going to stick with my original interpretation. Or do you think that he planned to talk? Let's, let's, let's go there. Sasha, do you think he planned to talk Willow down? Or was it always the plan for Xander Lavelle Harris? His middle name's Lavelle. Goddamn right it is. Yikes. Oof. Okay. Um, I don't think his plan was either of those things. I think that his plan was Willow will be tempted to take my magic. And if she does, inevitably, she'll be able to tap into every single feeling of every single person on Earth. The demons are telepathic. I should have known. That's why they don't need mouths. Of course. The demons are telepathic. I know. You just told me. That's why they don't need mouths. 
And you should have known. And if she can't feel her own feelings, she'll feel theirs. Yeah. And then she'll be Willow again. Gotcha. She'll feel that. Please don't end the world. And then she won't. That's a good point. Well, I That's think it's just interesting. It. I don't know. I wrote down a bunch of questions in my notes because I felt like uh, Giles took a bunch of leaps that we haven't talked about in the show. But it was like my magic that she took from me was the true essence of magic. It wasn't like fueled by right, rage right. and vengeance and all of this other stuff that was like polluting the magic she already had. Um but it was interesting because it was like, so the magic she already had, like the anger and the vengeance, is that not human? Because it seemed like what he wanted to do was have her tap into her humanity because she had lost right. it through this process of gaining all this magic. And it did kind of seem to be sort of like the like tipping point where Willow was like, don't call me Willow. Like, yeah. I'm not that person anymore. So to try to get her to like tap back into her feelings, which you know, Xander essentially forces her to do by saying right. like, you're the person who feels all the things like you felt grief for the crayon that you broke. And now yeah. you're going to like break the whole world. How is yeah. this the same person? Um, so I think that was maybe Giles's plan that the only way to defeat Willow would be to force her to feel her feelings. Mm-hmm. Because if she is just like this machine of rage and vengeance and anger, nothing can stop her like physically, Magically, you cannot overpower her. Fair but I don't think be... he had a plan up, up until that point where he's like, now that Willow can feel feelings, hopefully this works. But I don't think he was like, I'll talk her down or well, Xander will talk mm, her down or yeah. whatever it is. Well, I think that he like he knows Willow and like that's the Willow. I mean, it's the same Xander talks to that Willow. And it's like, I think you're right. Like she would become inundated by these feelings and then she would become Willow again and realize that she needs to step off. Or do we think in his hubris as well, that he might think that she's not as good, like, and that he maybe could beat her with magic. Like, did, did we ever, th- did he always think that he was going to get drained like a Capri sun or was it? That's good. Let's do that. But I'm, I'm going to try to beat her. Cause I don't she think- is a rank amateur. Right. Not really. I, I know he doesn't believe that now because you can see her power, but maybe Giles a bit. You know, I'm the teacher here. Uh, I don't. I mean, I'll I give think, it a shot. He gave it a shot, at least. I think that's fair. If she had stayed in the binding spell and Anya hadn't mm. released her, I mean, I don't think that Giles would have had then released her, hoping that she would take his magic. I think he would have just tried to keep her there, fix her, or whatever, like take some other steps towards it. But I think it was kind of like a fallback plan. I would have loved to see him run up stairs to go for his books and be like. There's no fucking words in this book. It's <laughs> <laughs> blank pages. What the shit's going on? Where the fuck that do I get a books now? We definitely need it. <laughs> Before the whole thing comes crumbling down. I know. Yeah, it's a lot of question marks. I think the Xander part, you want to give it to Xander, but Giles would never give it to Xander. No. So, but he's happy to give him the credit, which I do appreciate. And that's happened multiple times, too, where it's like Xander will do something. And he, he gets a lot of praise because he never does anything right. <laughs> so when he does, it's just like, this is hallelujah. <laughs> Thank God this guy's on our team. You know? Xander. Yes. You're not real. Sure, I'm real. It's a trick. They get inside my head, make me see things I want. Then why would they make you see me? All right, let's go. Cool. Come on down and boogie at Xander's hideaway. Yes, come boogie. Absolutely not. I will not squat in that dank hole. What? It was good enough for me, but you're above it all? Precisely. 
Sander, just because this is never going to work, there's no need to be negative. Am I right, Giles? I'm almost certain you're not, but to be fair, I wasn't listening. <laughs> and yet, ironically, it uh, led to the invention of the moon pie. Oh. <laughs> the moon pie. <laughs> you're not worried about the slave master general, are you, Big G? <laughs> hey, you're not the watcher of me. Then go home, but if you choose to stay, then work. <laughs> Again, so many words. Couldn't you just say we'd be in trouble? Go to class, <laughs> It was he who got to her in time. He saved us all. Uh, I guess the one of the biggest gambles for me is like, okay, so the plan is to for Willow to take the magic and then she can feel and do all that kind of stuff. Mm. What if she kills herself? I think he's well, willing to do that. That solved the problem. They do talk about that multiple times about her being her dying. Right. So like I, that was. I think the stakes were there. That was the thing that he says to Buffy initially, right? It's like uh, we're, the Coven is working on a way to take them, her magic from her but without kill killing her. her. Yeah. yeah. So it's like if that's what it has to come down to, I guess it's even Giles dying was an option. Like again, yeah. you just with a finale, you never know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. and you know, if you at this point, Joss Whedon is a known entity. He could totally have killed Giles. You yeah. know, Doc could have died. I so. think Giles, as we've discussed, he exists in the gray area that he is willing to do what needs to be done, mm-hmm. that even Absolutely. if Buffy is always going to see Willow as her friend, mm-hmm. that Giles will see Willow as a threat and yeah. would have killed her or would have been okay if she killed herself to save the world. Yeah. <laughs> and to he, save Buffy from having to do it. Maybe is it even. damning, mm-hmm. though, that he understood, like, he explicitly tells Buffy that she is not allowed to go to this battle because he's like, y- you have no speaking skills and there's no <laughs> way that you could do this because your first instinct is always punch, punch, punch. You're a punchy, punchy. <laughs> and I don't need that right now. It's pretty damning. Yeah. I mean, you, that you was think part that of Buffy the... could maybe be a person to talk her down, but they have not been ta- friends. They've not been talking. Maybe the um, all seeing coven saw that cringy chat that Buffy and Will had at Rax and we're like, yeah, just tell her to stay away. This, girl, this girl's rhetoric blows. I mean, are you <laughs> kidding me? This terrible. is awful. Well, that was part of the pivot calculation. Once Giles was like, oh shit, I'm not going to talk her down because she left immediately and it's going to end the world. He sends Anya. Tell Buffy. Willow's ending the world. Okay, bye. Like, hoping that Xander... Is there? No, no. That's Hoping damning. that Xander that's will damning. go? Xander could have still been knocked out. He would that's have what missed I'm saying. the memo. You're right. I mean, there's no way to factor in Xander into this plan, which, again, speaks to Xander stepping up to do it because that's her boy. That's what he does <laughs> only when the plot demands it. But, yeah, there's no way that he he forgot about Xander. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. to, there's no other way to bring it up. Uh, okay. Here's my argument. What if... Okay, one, Giles is dying, so we have to give him some credit. Two, he's being translated through Anya, who, I don't know, isn't Tough great stuff. with details. She, she's going to drain the planet's life force and funnel its energy through Posipex's effigy and, and burn the Earth to a cinder. Not if I can help it. You can't. Something else Giles said. No magic or supernatural force can stop her. What does that mean? Don't know. He, he said the Slayer can't stop her, and then he said a bunch of other stuff. He really wasn't too clear. What if Giles was trying to tell Anya to tell Buffy, you cannot defeat her by punching her. You have to appeal to her her humanity. She can't be overcome by magic or supernatural entities. Like you cannot come at her as a slayer to come at her as your best friend. 
and Giles was just doing like a mumbly appeal to her humanity. And Anya's like, what is this bullshit? None of this matters. I'm going to go tell Buffy everyone's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a superhero talking to a superhero. I mean, it's talking to a fucking ball of light. I mean, it's funny. I mean, I think that's also an important aspect, too. The only humans here are fucking Willow and goddamn Xander. They're the only people here. Everyone else is a fucking superhero. Weirdo. Giles, too. He's fine. But, you know, I think that's the important thing, too. Uh, probably better to go unsaid, but like they are kind of cold. I mean, Buffy's cold because she has to be. She's put on that air. Well, well uh, Don's not, but Don's not allowed to do anything until the epiphany. And Anya, of course, isn't going to be able to do this. She'd never be able to. <laughs> well, and I think, I think also, that's why you stay away. She might not be allowed, allowed to interfere to, and stuff sure. because vengeance demon rules sometimes. I think that. Maybe she can't always do stuff. I don't fucking like, what know. What do you mean? She couldn't have gone and appealed to Willow's humanity? Or, like, yeah, maybe she's not allowed to interfere with whatever demon shit happened. She tried to before, though. She No, I don't. I, why? I don't think do we so. think that's I real? Yeah, I mean, she did go to the jail cell to weren't. And she did say, and she wanted to talk, and then she got brushed aside, right, you yeah. know? And she was the first person to start the talk that Xander finally did. But every one of them, you know, as we talked about last week, has tried to talk to, to her. Yeah. And Xander's the only one at the end that succeeded. Yeah. But Anya did try. It didn't go very far. Yeah, they're not buds. I, Anya would be the last one to send for sure. I'm, I would not send Anya. Yeah. You're so rude. I mean, sure, at first, ex-demon doesn't know the rules. Well, you've been here forever. Learn the rules. Okay. The spirit, right? Willow. Mm. In touch with the mystical thrum of the world and imbued with all the power to destroy it. Suicide by cop! Was Willow trying to actually kill Giles and Buffy and anyone else in the room, Anya, or was she just trying to goad Giles into a fight to kill her, to stop this? Buffy into a fight to stop this. Stacia, did she want to kill them or did she want to kill herself? I don't think she wanted to kill herself and I don't think she wanted to kill them, but I think that she was irritated that they were bothering her. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Which I think is why she left and none of them died because if yeah. she really wanted to kill them, she would have just killed them. Mm. But it was like, you know, I think I can't deal with this. She's too cartoony to suicide by cop. I, I don't like because otherwise, yeah, you wouldn't do the flying ball. You would just take that flying ball and right through the heart of fucking Giles and yeah. Buffy as they stood right in front yeah. of you. Yeah. Dead. They're done. So, you know, that's the thing. It's like when you're a cartoon, I just don't I get what you're saying. You know, I think you're the grief. Yeah. If we want to believe that she's so broken that, yeah, she's fine with ending the world or someone ending her world. I think that's true. I think you could say that. She'd be fine with it. But I don't think she's necessarily goading it to happen. I think that you could make the argument that the reason or that because she doesn't kill any of her friends that, you know, Buffy lives and Giles lives and everyone who directly confronts her that's part of the Scooby gang lives is the proof that Willow was like still in there somewhere and thus able to appeal to. Right. That. Sure. Xander talking to her actually works. If she had killed Buffy, yeah, she probably would be too far gone. Yeah. Although I'm still confused about the changing people. I mean, Giles brought that up. When I killed a human being, how would she be able to live with herself? I wouldn't worry about that. Willow doesn't live here anymore. I live here. I don't know if that's going to come up later, but he's mm-hmm. like, it changes people when you kill someone. And I'm like, 
you killed somebody. <laughs> you killed Ben. Like, again, you killed we're, Ben. We're back to this. Well, where maybe it's like, that's how he knows. <laughs> right. So are you, I would love to hear more about that. Or do you feel like you changed when you killed Ben? Mm. How many other people that you've probably killed many people? Because like you said, Giles is the guy in the gray area who gets stuff done. He's Mike from Breaking Bad. He's going to do what needs to be done. Talk about that. Again, it's just like it's criminal not to tell Buffy that you do that and pretend that everybody's like moral like or whatever your morality is. But poor Buffy is just blinded by this stuff. She has no idea what's going on. Yeah. I hate it. On some level, I think that at least in the Buffy universe, killing people must change you, even if it's just like a little incremental sure, bit. Sure, sure. Because you see what happens to angel and spike when they get their souls back they both lose their minds yeah and they have a really tough time of it and it's i from what i've gathered or like what i understood from the show is that they're essentially trying to deal with the consequences of the mass murdering of of killing everyone (laughs) and sort of like putting these like dark marks on their soul and how do you handle that when you still have your humanity Um, And that's why vampires can do what they do. So if you are human and you do that, you still have to deal with that. Those consequences. It's just more extreme for the vampires because they've done so much more killing. Awful stuff. So I think it makes sense. But yeah, it also just feels like functionally we don't actually see anything. Right. Right. (laughs) Well, I think even in real life, in real life, you could say that too. If, 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 If I killed somebody, I'm sure it would affect me forever. Like some part of me would be like, Remember that time I killed somebody? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know, so, like, I, I try to read it like that, where I'm just like, it's going to change them. But, again, I think we all disagree with this idea of, like, if you, if they're a bad person. Not you irredeemably, kill them, right? You kill Warren, fuck it. Like, you don't really need to stay up at night thinking about Warren's death right. or Ben's death. Like, you move on. If you killed some kid, yeah, you're going to struggle with something like that, you know, or your friend or something. But mm. I don't know. It's. All this hand-wringing, like we talked about a couple episodes ago. It's too much. Could it be, because we talked about how Giles has this gray morality, but Buffy, because she's a hero, she has to be very black and white. Absolutely. Like, is part of this just sort of um, architecture to keep Buffy as the hero? Like, she needs these harsh boundaries, even if everyone else is kind of, like, wink-wink about it? I wish that they were more wink-wink. Like, I mean, because I think, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we talked about before. It's like she's trying she's keeping this up and we never get an indication so far that she knows that someone else has killed somebody and that i might not be uh, uh, totally correct here like i know that people are killing people and it's fine i've also killed people we gang murdered somebody like th- <laughs> we all understand what's going on but i have to keep being better i have to keep doing it like because that's what superheroes do well, think- but, or she naive and really believes that like everything she's ever done is right because uh, if that's true for buffy that sucks because that paints her as a very naive Superman type of character who just like never conceives of more than just what is like in their little script in their head. They're, they're not actually independent critical thinkers. They're just on a script. And that makes it her sad to me. You're Willow. Don't call me that. The first day of kindergarten, you cried because you broke the yellow crayon. And you're too afraid to tell anyone. You've come pretty far, ending the world, not a terrific notion. But the thing is, yeah, I love you. I love crayon breaky Willow and I love scary veiny Willow. So if I'm going out, it's here. If you want to kill the world, well then start with me. I've earned that. 
You think I won't? It doesn't matter. I'll still love you. Shut up. The heart. Right? The embodiment of human courage. The ordinary hero. Xander Lavelle Harris, as we talked about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, we already touched on it a little bit, but uh, it seems that the Coven's magic allowed Xander to get through to Willow, uh, as Giles put it. But did it really have to be him? So if it was Giles' plan just to do whatever, theoretically he was thinking it was himself. But I know we already counted Buffy out because of her fumbling of the speech the last time. But could Willow have, or could Buffy have maybe done it? If she could have gotten out of the pit, do you think she could have brought Willow back from the brink? Yeah. I, I, th- I don't think it was just Xander. I think anybody could have done it. Xander is just, friendship is magic. And <laughs> because they're the longest friends, you've got the most to draw from. And these crayons are apparently a key that just, like, unlocks something for her. And that's what you need. And Buffy could have brought up something from high school, you know, six years ago. Cool. That's fine. But it's more powerful to have something from when they were children, right? Yeah. I think anybody, if you're looking at it logically, that's why, like, Giles, I get why he, he undercounts Xander. But, like, if this was what needed to happen, I think that Giles would uh, logically say that Xander should be the one to go talk because they have the deepest connection out of everybody. Do you, do you think that? Do you think that Xander and Willow have the deepest, or at least longest friendship, right? They definitely but maybe, have the longest friendship. Longest friendship. Maybe not deep anymore, yeah. but, I mean, deep in terms of time. Uh, my argument would be it had to be Xander. Yeah. Uh, and with an asterisk, maybe it could have been Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I could see Dawn. That'd be good. Group, my point is, is that... I don't think that Buffy could have talked her down because I don't think that Willow would have been able to see Buffy as her friend. Right. Willow would have only seen Buffy as the Slayer. Fair enough. Um, and, you know, Willow had already been like, I know you're a warrior, so go down fighting. Like, that's kind of where she's pigeonholed Buffy in this moment. And I think, you know, she's like, I'm not Willow. I'm Dark Willow or whatever. You're the Slayer. We're enemies. Right. But Xander walks into her stream of magic completely powerless and is just like, I love you. And that was like so much more powerful than having Buffy show up being all like, I'm the Slayer. (laughs) I'm going to punch you until you listen to me. (laughs) Buffy would not have walked into the thing. I think that's like. Yeah, she would have just tackled tackled Willow. Willow. But that's that's and that's why it's so powerful that he does it because he's not fucking kidding that he will die. Yeah. To be with. And I don't think Buffy fucking would. I mean, I, I know that they're best friends and all that kind of stuff for what it's worth. But I don't think that she would have even thought that that's how to get to her. It's like, I will show you that I will, I'll sacrifice myself. Kill me first. I don't think that those words would never come out of Buffy's mouth. Mm-mm. I don't think she thinks like that. No. She's not trained like that. That also really speaks to the chasm that's happened between all of our friends. I think there was a point in the show made a point to show Willow and, and well, show. I just said the show and point so many times. I think the show in the past has made a point to explore Willow and Buffy's friendship and, point out that it's very strong like i mean faith coming into town and willow completely having a breakdown mm-hmm. about it and her losing her best friend they really were super close they yeah. were closer th- than xander and willow were yeah and a lot of the time yeah, yeah. which makes sense definitely I mean, that know. we've seen on the show yeah but and that's why they're tapping into 
kid stuff. Right. You know, they the have longevity of the relationship right. versus the however deeper, yeah, yeah. meaningful it was. But yeah. we've also acknowledged that they have not been friends this season. Like, I think that's that distance between Buffy and Willow this year in particular, mm-hmm. they haven't been good they friends. Haven't been close. In a while. And I think that's like a huge. And Buffy says that. I didn't even, I, I barely noticed. Correct. Yeah. And the, um. I think the epiphany is like, hopefully, again, I hope that they become better friends. That's all I can hope for for these two crazy kids next season i like the uh, the don idea though that's pretty good i think yeah, she Dawn's could, I think good. don could have done it because she also doesn't have any powers and if she was like you know you took care of me when buffy was dead how could you do this you're like a safe space for me i Absolutely. think you could have made that sort of entreaty and she could have uh leaned into the tara aspect too like i love tara too i'm gonna miss tara we i can we can help each other we yeah. can be sad together but i think I think that's harder because it's like Willow doesn't want to hear about Tara. She definitely like doesn't. Yeah, too, that's a good point. She could just it's like it's too fresh. It was like yeah. having Xander essentially say like I've loved you since mm-hmm. I've met you and yeah. I still love you now mm-hmm. no matter what happens mm-hmm. is like the most powerful thing any of her friends could have said to her. So, ironically, he actually knows to say that in that moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, like going down to the cave where I, I said, you know, Anya, Buffy and Dawn are not humans. Dawn's definitely the most human of all of them. Yeah. Tries the hardest to be the humanist of humans. But it's true. Like, I think that she, by saying you're a ball of energy and I can just snuff you out right now. Do you want to be snuffed out? Don't you want <laughs> yeah. to die? I don't know if Dawn would work because I think just like with Buffy, because it's not human. I, I don't I don't want right. to hark on that too much, but it's like. Oh, great. The ball of energy is coming yeah. to fucking talk to me. Like, I think she'll just dismiss it. Yeah. About Tara, who what's gonna it's just going to make me angrier. So, great. Right. I mean, it right. does It does make sense because, like, from Willow's perspective, if you're going to put people into boxes, it's like, yeah, Buffy's the slayer. Dawn's the annoying little sister mm-hmm. slash ball of energy. I'll just take your energy. You don't need it anymore. Giles is the teacher who's failed me because he left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Xander is my friend. Like, he's not anything else. He's yeah. not a superhero. He's not a magician. He's just like, Xander's my friend. I like and to, he's still here. Yeah, I also like to think of, like, death being a more, like, tangible thing for Willow because she's still tapped in at this point to humanity. Whereas, like, for... I, I could understand, uh, like, a human being like, you're a ball of energy. I don't know where you go. Buffy, you've returned so many times. I can't talk about you dying <laughs> because you'll just come back at some point. And Anya, you've been alive for a thousand years. It's like when Xander says, I'll die right here. It's like, that's real. Yeah. Like you're going to die the way a human dies. And we don't know what's on the afterlife. Buffy knows she's going to wake up in a psychiatrist's office. <laughs> the ball of energy could literally go She'll anywhere. Ball of energy. Yeah. Right. And she's Anya fine. probably will just go disappear before she dies. I mean, she's yeah. lived for a thousand years. She'll snake her way through. Although, you know, obviously she goes through her own shit next year. Xander is a human. And like that, that's really cool that he's like, I'll just die with you. That's fine. My life led to this. Great. We talked about how uh, Willow's terrible self-esteem and, and, and her fear of people not loving her when she's not useful anymore. Mm-hmm. Xander was there before any of it and he's yeah. still here. I think that's he's the, still the most powerful argument. Yeah. The power of friendship after all. It's, <laughs> it's phenomenal. I was just blown away about how, how beautiful that whole scene was. It was fucking Can't get over gorgeous. It. You think I wanted the world to end? I don't know. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay, Buffy. It's okay. Lastly, the hand. The warrior, the chosen, the slayer. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so Buffy's kind of feeling like the world is a beautiful place and I'm no longer wanting to die. Yeah, 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 there we go. Uh, her serenity after her epiphany in the hole with Dawn always seemed a little bit out of place to me, given everything that's going on. Yeah. But uh, I was curious about your thoughts on the situation. Stacia. I thought the whole scene was weird. Half of my notes are about that scene. Oh, wow. I mean, I only wrote four notes, so two of them are about <laughs> that scene. Um, one, that Dawn was like, you didn't want the world to end? I was like, what the fuck? Obviously, Buffy doesn't want the world to end. She stopped the world from ending so many times. She was literally trying to crawl out of this hole without any help from you, by the way, to stop Willow from ending the world. And you're sitting here like, oh, you didn't want the world. What? This is why no one trusts you, Dawn. <laughs> I think she meant... In inside, yeah, and like that's how I that from there. inertia. Buffy's been riding through f- on inertia this whole time. Like yeah, I'm not so, supposed to do. And the they've right had thing. that fight too, yeah. where it's like you don't even really want to be here. You don't, yes. you know. That's been her thing the whole time. So I th- I, that's how I read that. But but yeah, I you're also right I too. Yeah, but I feel like there's a difference between sure. Buffy's not sure she wants to be alive anymore versus as the opposed world. to <laughs> Buffy's never wanted the world to end. Yeah. Although I kind of see that attractive her being like, well, finally you get your wish, like. The world ends and you end. Who cares, right? Yeah. I mean, and there's nothing you can do about it anymore. <laughs> they don't care on me anymore. He didn't tell me about Giles. Oh my god, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so I thought that was weird, and then you know, Buffy immediately comes back with this really strong. No, I'm alive, and I'm more alive than I've ever been. And it's just like you're standing in a dirt pit. <laughs> And she's like, I want to show you the world, Dawn. And I'm like, we never left Sunnydale. <laughs> Noticed. We are in really big trouble here. This Why the... did you not tell me? Because you didn't need to know. Yes, I do. I need to know. I'm not a kid anymore. Don, I'm trying to protect well, you. Well, you can't. Look around, Buffy. We're trapped in here. Willow's killing and people I love keep dying. You cannot protect me from that. I'm like a shooting star. Like what? The ice skating rink? <laughs> oh shit! The ice skating rink. Remember when Buffy liked the ice capades? Buffy has a personality. She has a you personality. <laughs> well, not in this one. But that's me. Yes. Handle haircut. Shit. I chalk uh, it up to like uh, you know what? This happens right with people in like near death experiences. Like maybe oh, afterwards they're like, food tastes so good, colors right. are brighter. So I like again. I don't think the show does enough, and I think Buffy is way too non-human for me to buy it. But that there might have been this moment, this fleeting moment. I mean, they do kind of like allude to it with all the fighting that they're doing, and it's like it's never going to end. Like eventually we're going to tire and we're going to die. Yeah. And so like if we. In order for that to work, you have to believe that she genuinely thought we're going to fight gonna die these here. mud yeah. monsters until we die, until we can no longer have the strength, but they will never stop coming. So, yeah, when it's over, she just breaks down and cry laughs. And for me, it worked. I loved it. I, like, that was the most human she's been in a long time. Season, I loved yeah. it. It would have been nice if you'd had that sort of moment of desperation from Buffy before to kind of like underscore she really thought this yeah, the is panic. the end yeah there, there I, was like, really it didn't no panic, feel yeah. it just felt kind of like this is what we do and now my sister can help even say it even when they could do the cool backup and they're both back to one yeah. another back with the back. sword she could just turn and be like we're gonna die here or something <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just Perfect. something, just something where it's like, I love yeah. you. Like yeah. this is this is the end, Don. I want you yeah. to know I love you. And then they go off to fight. Or I'm proud of Great. you, or something. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes. You know, and that would have been really like, oh my god. And then we flash back to yeah. them on the bluff, and it's like, Xander, you got to get this done. They're gonna die. <laughs> tension, tension, tension. <laughs> Uh, but you're right. I mean, I, I love the, I want to protect you from the world. I want to show it to you. Like, very sweet. But, yeah, it's very Aladdin and very, like, are you? Can we? What are we doing? Do we? No, you're going to become a guidance counselor. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> not showing Do they go it. to Paris? Like, the I want to believe. of a double meat palace kitchen. <laughs> well, they do eventually, right? I mean, in the comics, she moves to San Francisco. Obviously, they're flying in spaceships. Forget oh, yeah. No, they straight up, they it. go to Europe. Once all the Slayers are unleashed, they go all over the place. There's okay. even a, there's an episode of Angel where they're in a club in France or somewhere. And oh, yeah. <laughs> Angel and Spike think they see Buffy there. Or she oh, supposedly is this, there, yeah. but it's a fucking extra like, in a wig. Yeah. She's <laughs> like a blonde wig yeah. bobbing Because SMG is not going to guest star. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. She is done. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so. I mean, what do you think about yeah, it? Yeah, what do you think? I thought the conversation was a little cheesy, but not um, unearned or something out of the realm that, that a conversation that would happen given everything that is going on. Um, I guess it just, the thing that sucked out to me is like, I want my friends to be happy. And I, I'm sure she does believe that, but it's just like, God, we're so far from that place. And it is just like... I think you hit the nail on the head with saying, I wish they would have showed her being really scared. The The grave metaphor, though, Daniel, you said you didn't get that at all. I didn't get that at all. Mm, did didn't you? really. I did not. Was it a grave? I there don't There was no one buried in that hole, just near it. <laughs> yeah, and also, like, what is this enormous hole? Why are they building? How are they hole? going that far deep down into this hole? Hate it. And then at the end, she just climbed out. No problem. She yep. could have done that before. Well, you got to think that off screen, they, the, the coffin plan, the stacking of the coffins Whatever. plan worked out. I mean, the if the rock golem people had kept coming, they could have just climbed their bodies to freedom. That's true. Ooh, oh, stack them all up, too. Yeah. Just kill them. Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, I'm working on a whole shut the hell up pitch you might like, too. Uh, I might as well just quickly remind everyone that we're a real podcast. You can find us everywhere at beatmepod that's twitter tumblr instagram we have a website beatmepod.wordpress.com that has notes about our show you know like if we play my little pony you know it's on there that's the joke from last week too so i'm just gonna recycle that uh we also on our website have a link to a playlist on spotify that i make just for you dear listener uh but if you want to just go to Spotify to find that playlist that contains all music in our episodes, as well as music from the TV show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that's available on Spotify. You can find that by searching. Uh, beat me hyphen fun time playlist for podcast fans season six. That's the one. That's the one. You can find it there. Moving on. It's time for some of us to yell about this episode. Uh, Daniel, why don't you go first? Oh, fun. Uh, I looked up a lot of information about how long it would take to get from Devon to Sunnydale Lovely. in a reasonable amount of time. He teleported, correct? He did, yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, it's a 10 or 11 hour flight to LAX and then to Sunnydale. Um, Santa Barbara, it's an hour and 44 minutes from Google from LAX to get there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there's no way. How did he do this with this borrowed magic? We're talking about 13 hours. It's a long time. And then it's like, I teleported. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> All right. He teleported. Fine. Why can he teleport and Willow can't? She has to fly by the air or whatever. For reasons. It'll never be known. <laughs> Apparently fans gave David Fury a hard time for Willow's knife gag because she did the bag of knives thing in Tough Love. But he argued, and I would say correctly, that why wouldn't Willow reuse the spell that works? 
Because yeah. we never have before. And that is fair. But, like, he well. said all the fans wanted something different. Why don't we reuse those uh, things? Apparently because the audience will then yell at them for being lazy. Oh, Which is such bullshit. Telepathy. Her telepathy I know. I was, was used so for the back, second man. time. Third time, technically. Oh, wow. See, there you go. We got the gift. We got bargaining. And now, great. Telepathy wow. is real. See, telepathy. There you go. We're reusing spells. You'll love to see it. Season two, Willow. I just am so curious how she handles this situation, and it's so moot, which is why situation? I didn't ask it. Like this situation, yeah, where this you're going to destroy man? the world. What do you, yeah, what situation? She would say, "I can't possibly imagine myself <laughs> She's doing like, that." I'm not even gay yet. <laughs> I know. I just like a girl little... died, and I care. What's <laughs> <laughs> I hate all women. I'm actually, still in love with Xander. <laughs> totally. I just like Xander almost got know, married. Man. Right. She would ends the world. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know how hard this is for me. I love you so much. I'd rather see you dead than with that bitch. She would team up with the mayor, and Faith would actually have to side with uh, the Scoobies, because Willow will just be with the mayor to end the world. Because Xander's taken. This is why you don't ask stupid questions. (laughs) You'll never learn your lesson. Uh, Susan, do you have any yelling or no? I have a couple yellings. Okay. I know that there were probably reasons, but I thought it was really fucking stupid that one Giles knew this co- co- Coven, 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 Coven and Devon, 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 two that they would be like, ah, yes, the dark power rising in Sunnydale must be Giles's friends. <laughs> Three, stuff. they Wild were like, stuff. who's the best person <laughs> to imbue with magic? Ah, yes, the non-magic user in the group. That's right. Why would they send him of all people? Because the plot demands. I mean, yeah. Obviously you could say if it was more... to be like taken, maybe you would confirm that she would. Because it's personal, right? It would, I, I, I read it as like a very personal thing where you, you know them and you walk up to them. It's kind of like stabbing somebody, right? It's like you go in and you fucking take it. But like maybe she would have done that with any I know. witch that had a bunch of I power. guess with all of this, but uh, you know, well, maybe they're just more not personal. Into the theory that Giles was intending to be the one to talk her down. Yeah. Oh, and Arando wouldn't have been able to do I that. I hate it. I don't know. Um, but a great hole to poke in Giles' anyways, plan. Anyways, I think it's Rando. stupid. Giles shouldn't have gone. I might have met Minerva. Bone to pick with that whole Minerva. thing is. Why have we never done this trick before? I don't know what if you guys trick? remember, but we've fought a lot of fucking world-ending stuff. It would have been really cool to get juiced by fucking. Super what witches trick? in Devon. Go to a coven and get imbued with power. Who knew you could oh, fucking do dude, that? Right? Oh, I mean, it wasn't very effective. I'm so juiced. Well, I was looking into the, since we're talking about the Devon and witches, I was like, what's the connection here? Uh, apparently, there was a, in 1682, yes. there was a Bideford, Bideford, I think is what I can say it, witch trial. And it's Ooh. considered, although it's not very uh, well documented, to be one of the last witch hangings in England. So I don't know if that's where they're coming from. Maybe. Uh, so it's like, you know, you killed them, but we're still around type of thing. I don't know. Is it that funny? Is it that funny that we need to break down and fucking double over in laughter the way that we've been treated this season? Is it that- Tara is dead. Tara is dead. You guys are just laughing in the training room. I know it's like crazy laughing, crazy. but this is fucking inappropriate. You're laughing at the fact that Buffy almost killed all of her friends. It's just bad. You guys should not be laughing. It's called macabre. It's for a reason, <laughs> Kelly. You laugh so you don't cry. You laugh so you don't slit your wrist. You know what we need to do is cry. We all have been, we need to cry. We need to fucking cry. But some people don't need to cry, Kelly. You can't tell people how to grieve. I can and I will. Well, and you I definitely have, have been. Yes. 
I guess Sarah Michelle Gellar has a really hard time laughing on cue, and that's why she's only done it really twice in the whole show. The other time was with, uh, in season five, Real Me, I think, when Harmony, or it might be the one after that, where, yeah, no, yeah, in Real Me, when Harmony is like, Harmony has a gang, and she just, like, laughs and laughs and laughs that Harmony is a, a person. Oh, right, yeah. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar has a very hard time laughing on cue and hates it, which is why they hit her face. She, like, doubled over the pommel horse because... Right, right. Yeah. I thought it was really appropriate that the giant ball of energy was the one that noticed the flaming giant ball of energy <laughs> flying towards them. Game recognized game. Yeah. Game recognized game. <laughs> um, I just want to I just want to shout out Giles commenting on Buffy's haircut. Very sweet. Mm. Anya and them all like coming like this shot I'm here. Yeah. Like the way that Buffy is looking at Giles melts my heart. It's adorable. Daddy's so home. Hate it. And then it's ruined immediately. Because at this point, Willow is nothing but a troll, a little troll in her little troll bridge. And I'm all right with that. Just, Daddy's here. It's like, fuck you. This is a moment. Uh-oh. Daddy's home. I'm in wicked trouble now. I did enjoy the jump cut from uh, There's No Temple on King Man's Bluff to Ah! <laughs> <laughs> with all the music and everything. as a classic good Buffy jump cut. It's been a little bit yeah. since we had I mean, that was nice, but and then it felt really epic seeing it like rise out of the ground, and then you have the wide cut, and you're like, oh, it's like three feet out of the ground. <laughs> it's, it's, five, feet, it. five feet is how high I need that's, it. So. That's how tall the temple is. Why did we raise it at all, honestly? Well, I, right. All she needed was the sculpture of Prometheus or whatever. The effigy of Proserpexa. That's all she needed, though. She didn't need the whole temple to be in the temple or any of it. She just needed what was on the steeple. I I think so, yeah. For reasons. Yeah. And, like, that thing looked really goofy, and they talked about it in the commentary. I guess what David Fury wanted the effect to be was, like, to see that it was kind of glowing from within. Like, it was, Mm. like, getting hotter and burning like it was going to about to burn the whole fucking earth, right? Cool. But what they did to achieve that effect was put lights inside, red lights inside Uh. of this, like, plaster cast. So it just looks like this weird pink thing buffy and them fall into the grave or not really a grave big the, hole the chick hole pit, ad- grave the chick adjacent. pit. <laughs> and what did you say the, oh the epiphany yes right. the epiphany um, did buffy really just decline not continuing into the tunnels because yeah. she didn't want to potentially go through spike's fucking thing to walk out the front door did she really do this for spike drama I don't know. It's Not unclear. Great. Dawn says Not this great. looks like the underneath the spike. Maybe there's a way, or you know, under Spike's crypt, maybe there's a way to get out of here. But it's when the, you see it, it's just a pit. Like there is no out. It does there's, seem there's a pit. It's behind them. If there was them. like a you tunnel, just through. The you tunnel could just is keep behind. walking. Yeah. But yeah, other uh, angles make it look like it is just a hole and there's nowhere to go. And I would be like, okay, crazy girl. Yeah. yeah. Maybe there's weird shit in Spike's basement about Buffy that Buffy doesn't want Dawn to see. Admittedly, tr- well, there might be even the Buffy bot, right? I mean, is that? Oh, that's been destroyed. Yes. that's. But there could be a shrine. There is a shrine to Buffy. There he was? does have absolutely was, yeah. a shrine. Uh, can I also just, I want to ask uh, really yeah. quick, Xander, he just heard Anya from down in the I hole know. and he just booked it? I Okay, no. I don't know if that's going to be yelling, but no, I just, no, 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 that's just I never thought about it till right now. But like, he just booked it to yep. Kingman's Bluff. Okay. Yep, yeah, that's that was part of my I kind of ad libbed on the fly, yeah. but that was part of my Giles's plan. Is batshit crazy. crazy? Like you have to assume Willow's going to take your magic. That Willow's going to want to end the world. That Xander is going to hear Anya, but also then immediately start running and make it in time. No, make it in time. And, and did Giles uh, 
anticipate this Prometheus being br- brought back to destroy the world? That's unclear. Unclear. And if you didn't think about that, my dude, like, what's going on here? That's why it's it's weird because, like, if the original plan was I'm going to – Willow's going to take my magic, which will allow – because it's true magic and it'll let her feel again, then I'm going to be able to talk her down. And then he's like, well, shit, she immediately went to go end the world. Uh, what's the next best thing I can do? I'm going to send Anya into uh, the pit that Anya knows that Buffy is yeah, in. Yeah, no, and hopefully Xander will hear this and Xander will go and run and get there in time. Also, this, this wasn't a fucking temple that was buried in 1576. 1932? This was 1932. <laughs> There's probably goddamn footage of it being fucking built. It's unbelievable to me that Giles wouldn't know the history of this fucking town and that Sunnydale yeah, and the Hellmouth, you would need to know everything that's existing. You would think. So the fact that this would just, oh, wouldn't even think about this thing being raised to destroy the world. <laughs> would KO. you know this is KO. not the first <laughs> underground church that has been used to Amen. You can't know them all. You can't know them all. I just feel like this one's incredibly modern. I mean, this one was from 1932, so that we didn't have to do the math on how long ago that was. The 70 years, because it's 2002. Thank God. But 70 years, that's it. There are people alive that saw this church being built. They would ancient, know. Ancient, ancient Satanists. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, all cl- Satanists, and like, everyone died. Remember. Yeah, they would know. Which I'll get to that they would in know. a second. <laughs> Anyways, continue on. The demons, the crab demon guys. Um they there was only actually four of them. They only made four of them, mm. so they just kept reusing the footage or you know cleverly editing it. I thought it came off well. It didn't seem like it was just the same guy running over and over again. Unlike when we had that demon with the three heads that Spike had to steal the egg and he had to keep running toward it because oh, yeah, they couldn't yeah. get it out of the frame or whatever. Um, did you notice that what they sounded like while they were attacking? Mm-hmm. They sounded like turkeys. They were like, blah, 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 blah. Blah, blah. <laughs> just like <laughs> really really funny. <laughs> uh, I remember a porno. They asked oh, us like, what a turkey sounded like. And the whole crowd is doing that. <laughs> and, and all of them are like, like I didn't know you guys could fucking do turkeys. Like, I thought that would be a funny joke because nobody can do it. But turkeys. the whole entire crowd is just doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Who can't do a turkey? I People can. from England. I can. Oh, that's pretty good. That's all right. People Enough. from England? I have to go to England and ask people if they can make a turkey sound. <laughs> Excuse me, can you sound like a turkey? This is for science. Turkey? Yeah, they're just Maybe basically they do, like Arrested yeah. Development. They're like, they don't know what a chicken. And they're like, what's a turkey? Yeah, what's a turkey? Do you mean a feather duster? Do you mean a goose? Do you mean a Christmas goose? Is that how English people sound? That's exactly what they would have said. K.O.M. Giles. Anyway, Daniel, it's your turn. I like mushy peas. You're the reason we had that pilgrims in the first place. Uh, so Rack is still alive, right? Because uh, Giles got his ass sucked. That's not. I want to say that. <laughs> freezing. Oh, freezing. Got his Capri Sun drank. His magic siphoned as someone his magic who put it politely that can't be yes. corrupted. Honestly, his ass suck was less upsetting than his juice drained or drank or whatever it was oh, you said. Yeah, that's. It's tough when you have to drink it. Again, porno, where it's like, what are we doing with this when we're back there? Uh, okay, so Rack, I assume he's dead because he's like hanging from the ceiling and we make a point it of it. He looks very corpsey, yeah. Yeah, but is he? Because we just took his magic, right? And it's the same thing that happened to Giles. Right. In the canon I mean, of the TV show where the Buffy comics do not exist or did not exist yet, Rack was supposed to be dead. Like, okay. per the script and per what they showed us, it is heavily implied. The television show, dead. we never see Rack again, but in the Correct. comics... Rack does show he back is alive. up. Fine. Then but he has no power. That's right. I kind of remember you saying that. I thought you were just trolling me. Nope. Oh, I did like when Anya was like, <laughs> she was like, I can see. And she said, oh, it's a miracle. 
She's great. <laughs> she what a great cheerleader. She's like, I'm so happy for you, Jess. Please stop dying. In retrospect, it probably would have been better if you hadn't come and given Willow all that magic that made her like ten times more powerful. That would have been a plus. Uh, this episode's earshot, basically, right? I mean, Buffy already went through this. Right, she already heard all the people around her. Obviously, not the whole oh, yeah, world. Yeah, yeah. But this is earshot, right? Yep, same, okay. similar for sure. Yep. Fair enough. Well, Buffy handled it a lot better than Willow. Let's all agree to that. The Andrew and Jonathan scene at the oh, end yeah, with yeah. them in the truck that was added because the network was like, "What happened to those two guys?" <laughs> that was not originally going to be in the show. <laughs> I was like, "You fucking assholes!" It was a beautiful like montage of all of our friends. It's <laughs> just like. Lecherous truck driver. (laughs) Cool, thanks. Oh, to to kind of talk about that a little bit more, like the camera panning back between Willow on the bluff and Buffy Mm -hmm. down there. That was excellent. They've never done anything like that with those like quick cuts where we're just seeing all of our friends like that. That was really great. I mean, it definitely felt different. Even just the fact that it was like during the day is kind of novel on this show. Like them opening up into a beautiful. That was another yelling. Yeah. I'm I'm so happy that we did it during the day because Adam was fought at night. Uh, All of them. The the graduation day was at night. The masters at night or just like in a deep, dark, dank cave. This is the first time we've ever fought in a day. Glory too. the whole thing was at night. Yeah. So it's nice. That was nice. It was really nice. Yeah. This is a different season finale. You got to give it to that. If nothing else, I, I don't know. really have anything else to say. The last one I've got is is to deal with the the big earthquake in thirty two. Naturally, there's no earthquake in nineteen thirty two. There are, okay. they exist. The biggest one was like a eight or something in Mexico. Fuck it. There's nothing happening above a six in America that we know about in nineteen thirty two. My biggest problem is with the Satanic Temple. Like Satanic Temple. And the sat- sat- Satanism is Anton, what is his name? Anton LaVey? Mm-hmm. This 1960s, man. No, oh. you would be killed. Like, there are times in not only this country, but across the world, where if you just were like, yeah, I love the devil, <laughs> you're dead. Like, so, like, it, it, being called a Satanist is something you would be called, right? So, like, mm. that that is something that you would never adopt. Today we do it because it's like a rebuke to religion. But it's wild to think that somebody in 1932 California is like, I'm raising this satanic temple. Well, What's okay, going on? But were they actually satanists or are they just being written about as satanists? And they There's were actually people that were like, uh, of course they being procs for para or whatever. I would say that that's a good reading if they were in 1574 and they were before the fucking Spanish were out in Mexico or out in California was Mexico. That would all make sense to me that it's like, oh, we found this thing. And like that thing is now Satanism, right? That's the pentagram. Oh, and you sort of call it that. But this is 1930 fucking two. They're filing insurance claims. I don't know what you think the (laughs) 1930s are. They have fucking telephones. What are you what are we talking about? This would be in the fucking newspaper. We've done newspaper montages. We have. I can't stress this enough. You can look I up mean, the shit, building they records got for like, this. Linographs or whatever those old timey sketches was of Hansel and Gretel from fifteen whatever the fuck for gingerbread. I can't do it. Well, maybe you the can mayor look up who buried did all the media about it. Mm. The me- no, stop. That's it. a good one. Mm. That's a good one. It's a cover up, baby. If I saw his picture at the place where Hell's Bells took place, then I'd believe it. Yeah. But I don't because they forgot about they the hair. They sure so it. doesn't even exist. <laughs> they sure and also he it. showed up in like a little bit before the gold rush. So he was also not here when I want this to happen, which is forever ago, <laughs> a thousand years ago, right? That would be so cool. I'm sorry, man. She's going to finish it. 
Finish what? The world. I do need you to tell me something else, though. I need you to update me on the watches, please. I can definitely do that, and I will do a quick Xander Construction Outfit watch. No, we do get a Carpenter illusion, That's and right, I did. Say, yeah, and I did say that he calls uh, a social, and I said, "What now?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he called him the R word. What are we doing? It's the second time this season. What are we doing here? Maroon jacket watch slash Anya belt alert. We open on what I think is a gaping wound in her side, because it. Her belt oh, is, is so <laughs> large, and there's like a circle I'm glad pattern. You finally saw I it. thought she had a gaping wound in her side. It's just a belt, giant belt, big belt, big belt. And I said big belt in caps, and I love it. It's armor. It's armor. I, I think if when we go back in time, we need to do a fashion watch. I mean, we did. We had, we did midriffs before, and yeah. yeah, we're we're cutting out this fucking maroon jacket. That's the one oh, thing I gotta man. say. Dawn's piercing screams. Yeah, she fell into a crypt, and that's a bitch. That's not fun. Chips ahoy. Yeah, I said Spike got played. The chip mm. is gone for his soul. That's not maybe what happened, but that's fine. Uh, Willow's too powerful, eh? I said, yeah, buckle up, Rupert, because I've turned pro. <laughs> also, she doesn't know Andrew's name, which is definitely a flex, and she kicks Giles' ass. She sure does. Buffy has a personality. Yes, she cries when the monsters went away. She can be stressed just like us. The stars, they're just like us. <laughs> Dehoffrin, no, although this made me wonder if he can sense that Anya, like Anya had that moment too when she learned that Xander saved the world. And she had that. They, we linger on her face for a moment. I wonder if DeHoffren's like, ooh, I don't like that feeling. She's a little too still into Xander. Not still into Xander, but like she still has feelings yeah, about everything. I mean, I wonder if I he can sense that. Ever, I don't know. I mean, he finds out that she's basically stopped. Like vengeance. And, yeah. Okay. And then kills well, that's the whole thing. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Oh, maybe that's kind of the lead into the kind of where we're going here. She's yeah. kind of like, oh, maybe. I shouldn't have done this. Yeah. Uh, although you get to teleport. That's pretty sweet. It is. Uh, Michael Wicket, Amy Gothwatch. Yeah. The Devon Coven. Come on. Giles oh, yeah. using magic. Yep, yep. And Xander, power of love. Power of friendship. Friendship and that's magic. That's the power yeah. of love. Buffy charging $1 for everyone asking if she's okay. Yes, I feel like Giles did it in a roundabout way. Then Dawn did it by letting her know that she thought, didn't she want the world to end? As like a big, are you okay? And as uh, uh, Stacia pointed out in the the plot, Xander asks specifically, "Buffy, are you okay?" When, really? Yeah, he when? calls down to her in the pit before he oh. almost falls in. Yeah. See, didn't even catch that. There you go, straight up twelve dollars. Nice. She ends with twelve dollars. Yeah. Good luck paying your rent with that. She's very <laughs> excited about like the prospects of the world, but she only has twelve bucks. I mean, so she does tell Giles, "Money's been so tight. She's been slinging burgers to the Double Meat Palace." Things are bleak, Giles. Things are bleak. Write her another check. Uh, books a million. Pay Buffy mm. Summers. Books are dead this year. Streets ahead. Books a million. Breeze right, breeze right past it. Stacia pointed out there is a William Shatner novel biography <laughs> something the in the wreckage. Says William, William Shatner, Shatner on it. <laughs> yeah. I stand corrected. William yeah. Shatner, part of this world now. Hate it. Uh, streets ahead. <laughs> there's a fun shot of Maple Court with the fireball streaking over mm-hmm. it. Um, also, no way that Buffy could possibly catch up to that. So stupid. She's fast. Hate it. <laughs> Kingman's Bluff. Obviously, we get to see that. Awesome. Uh, and then Buffy and Dawn are at Spike's Cemetery. That's where they've been all the time. We obviously see it at night. Where is this overlook on this beautiful, bountiful, lovely... Station pointed that out, too, all the trees. Where the fuck are these trees ever? There's never been a palm tree. What the... What is happening? It's gorgeous. And it's like, just because we're in the daytime, we get this... (laughs) That's right. Fuck you, That's what we've been missing all these years. All right. Longest Giles KO ever, but here we go. Giles KO, Yes. 
Willow waving off a spell, questioning his relevancy, <laughs> questioning the art of watchers in general, which later Giles confirmed by saying that the council doesn't have a clue. She calls him Jeeves. Uh, Anya dunks on him for coming to make Willow ten times stronger. <laughs> Learning about Tara's death from a coven in Devon is hard stuff uh, that you're never going to really get over. Um, just as tough is learning what's happened in Sunnydale after you left. Yep. So enjoy that uh, with your laughing fit. He did not tell <laughs> Buffy the most adult thing, quote unquote, the most adult thing you can do is ask for help when you need it or that he fucking killed somebody. <laughs> and it's just more subterfuge from, what's his name? Rupert, what? Levine Giles? What's his middle name? R- Ripper? <laughs> Rupert Ripper Giles. <laughs> um, but most of all, and this needs to be stated, this was a natural old school knockout as well. Yes, it this was. This dude... Anya thinks he's going to fucking die <laughs> just like the old times. And I love it. Um, and the whole scene was really sweet. And like with Anya, it's like nursing him to health. Great stuff. But he got Kate? fucking oh. knocked out. Thank God Giles is back. Let's go. Wonderful. Beautiful. And those are your watches. I want to see my friends happy again. I want to see you grow up. The woman you're going to become. She's gonna be beautiful. Let's rank this sucker. Oh my god. Okay, ready? Willow hacks. We talk about the net slash something wicked this way comes. Ten. I mean, damn, she almost killed Giles. It was real close. Fucking awesome. Uh Dawn needs an adult. No! Dawn doesn't need shit. She's killing demons and making her sister come to grips with this season-long nihilism. <laughs> She's doing a great job. Ten also, because somebody might have reminded me. I mean, I totally remember that I used to do this previously. Giles level of Giles. The man gets knocked out. Gets knocked out. Daddy's home. It's a 10 for that category. Monster of the week. Again, Willow, I guess, right? I mean, It has could, to be Willow this it, time. It can't be the crab monsters? Why not the crab monsters? They were so important. Uh, Dark, Dark Willow finally got to me. I mean, you guys have been more of a stand for her during this. It took me a while, but she's no joke powerful and kind of funny. And the They're, veins do look extra pen marky to me. Why oh, didn't they yeah. have them go up into the hairline? It kills that me that they are. stop an inch before the hairline. Why? 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 Very distracting. And her bad guy dialogue is unforgivable. Sometimes the after she uh, siphons Giles's magic, uh, she says, "Who's your supplier?" And I'm so juiced, and I just can't give her a ten after you say that. Objected. in. I mean, object. So I had to give her an eight instead of a ten because unforgivable. Thank God. Thank God, Kelly. Yes. Uh, life is the big bad. Yeah. My best friend is trying to kill me and my dad and and the world. Also, I thought my post-resurrection disaffected thing was going to go unnoticed, but apparently I've been hurting and neglecting my sister for the better part of the year. And my best friend's girlfriend, who is basically my sister's surrogate mom, is still dead. Ten. Life is a big bad. Top stop. Relationship goodness or badness. You know, I've been mocking the crayon thing, as we've said this whole season, but Xander and Willow on the bluff was super affecting. Giles is home. Buffy and Don are back. Things might be okay one day. Relationship, goodness or badness, eight. Episode specific. You've been my best friend my whole life. World's going to end. Where else would I want to be? Ten out of ten. Wow. That is a high episode, this friends. Is a high episode. 56. That makes it number one of the season. One of 22. That makes it number two overall. It, yes. Wow. Yeah. Because uh, the gift the was gift the only perfect, perfect score. Yeah. Because juke to hell and back yeah. but yeah 56 shocked uh right above seeing red at number two which we'll talk about all that in a minute anyway yep. stacia where did you rank this episode almost destroyed my mic um 
I rank this at... What did I rank this at? 13 mm. out of 122. 13 I, out of one thirteen. Mm. Third Shit. That just, like, took me a second to register because I didn't know you were going to put it there. I didn't seem like you liked the episode that much. I don't know. Did we talk you into it? Maybe. Nice. Good combo. Excellent. Good combo, okay, yeah. so what's above and below? Uh, it is below Tabula Rasa and Doppelgangland. And it's above Graduation Day Part 1 and Hush. Yeah. Damn, above Hush. And now you're inadvertently pushing down Dark Age further. That's so right. R.I.P. to Dark Age. Push down Dark R. Age. R. Dark Age. Yeah. Okay. And plot synopsis? Yeah. Daddy's home. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have that in quotes or you just like just write wrote, them out? Straight? Oh, wrote even it. better. Uh, Willow steals Giles's magic. Buffy and Dawn fall into a crypt hole. Three foot tall. Satan Temple. <laughs> Cranbreaky Willow. Yeah, that's the one. I love Cranbreaky Daddy's Willow home. and Scary so Bane Willow. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, like I said uh, at the beginning, I uh, ranked 68 for two to go, but these are together for my 137 thing. Stupid. Why did I do this? It'll never, I'll never understand. Um, that being said, I'm pissed because last week, 68 is pretty low. Middling. This is great. I mean, to me, I even talking about it this time, I'm like, I could put this at a number 10, number 11, you know, like right out of the greats of the greats. Um, this just destroyed it. It was so good. So taking the two together, it's tough because this episode is so poignant and thoughtful and it ticks the boxes. I'm glad to hear it from you, Kelly. It ticks the boxes that we, well, you in particular, were looking to have ticked. And I mean, I, I definitely felt the same way, but um, it was nice. It was really nice. So I'm going to take my 68 and I'm going to take my potential top 10 and I'm going to combine them into a 21 just outside of the top 20 because unfortunately two to go does kind of blow <laughs> and I got to be serious about this, but honestly, this, yeah. this episode is great yeah. and I loved watching it. Great stuff from Xander and them. Ugh, I think that's so fair. Good. When you, your, your hands are tied by the double episode. You hate to see it. You got to yeah. do what you got to do. The, the double episode that I made up <laughs> <laughs> this one and the faith one that are not there to, to be continued, but really come on. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. They're not part one and part two. That's really what you wanted. Yeah. Yeah, Like the whose line is it anyway? Or whatever. Becoming part one and becoming part two. What's my line? Yeah. Graduation (laughs) day part one and graduation day part two. Right. Those are the ones. Those are the ones. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did it. We We ranked the last episode of the season. Wow. Shit. Uh, I have a final thought. Oh, wow. Oh. I hope Willow's going to be okay. No. I (laughs) I mean, I. Someone I was, tells me she'll be fine. I don't know if you remember, but just a couple episodes, I was so seething fucking mad at this show for not grieving Tara right that I could not function. And uh, I got to say, I went back and I watched the scene where Willow goes to Tara's grave in help, which was season seven, episode four. So when Willow comes back, so we haven't been there yet. But oh, wow. But remember, I was like, they don't they don't ever do it. They never do it. And, and, and like they just don't do justice and it's not enough and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it is short and yeah. we cut away, but Willow, Allison Hannigan's fucking amazing in it and she looks destroyed. Uh, I read the script for Conversations with Dead People and The Killer in Me, which are both episodes yeah. that talk about Tara uh, and uh, fucking heartbreaking. Like, they do it good. I so read, you just forget. Yeah, I read the yeah. season eight She's comic. I've seen season seven like once. Yeah. yeah. I read totally the season eight comic that I brought up before, season eight, issue 10, where Willow blames herself for Tara's yeah. death. 
fucking sad. Oh, it's devastating. Devastating. Terra is still here and Willow still hurts. How do you come back from almost destroying the world? Your friends are never going to let you live it down. Shit, if she gets a little domineering, like playing Monopoly, I'd be like, what, are you going to destroy the world? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you don't get over that. Who knows? I feel bad. I've been so focused on the Terra and the Terra and Willow of it all. That's just like, God, this is going to be tough. Willow is, this is going to be tough. Anyway. We're not there yet. We'll go through it all as we go through it. Magic's bad. Behave. Be a good girl. (laughs) Well, I don't think you're in any position to be telling me what to do. But let's talk about, hey, this season. I'm going to just say a thing, I guess, again, real quick. Uh, I think and hope that we did at least an okay job of capturing our thoughts and feelings throughout the season, but I feel like the weight of it honestly didn't come crashing down on me until this episode. I was unfair and critical of the season despite my supposed best efforts not to be, because I was supposed to come into the season with an open mind, right? But all I did was dunk on it the whole time and get pissed off at things that happened. And and still, things do happen in this show. I think it's fair that we point those things out. That's the whole point of what we're doing here. So that's fine. But if I take into account the limitations of TV, which I appreciate when you point that out, Daniel, because I definitely lose sight of that all the time, and just the nature of storytelling, you know, like, you can't be there for every second of every person's day. I want them, I always want, I'm always going to want more Willow and Tara time. I'm going to want more time with our friends. And it's just like, you're telling the story you're, that you're telling. You're not going to get every, the time they went and ordered waffles. I want it, but you just don't get that because that's not what we're here. And getting wrapped up in the show, what it's supposed to be, whatever that fucking means, this is an incredibly powerful season it's sad undeniably and i do blame thomas wanker never forget for not making this show as sad as it could fucking be because the score was just not up to snuff but this season is definitely powerful and i would like to talk about the whole season as a scope so stacia you liked season six mm. prior to us rewatching it mm-hmm. uh how do you feel about it after this time where we're taking it episode by episode and talking about it and breaking it down all that kind of stuff do you still like it was it your favorite season before us rewatching it? Um, I don't know if it was my favorite. Definitely in my top two. I really like season two. Two, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. It's good. I mean, that's a lot of people's favorite season. Good. Especially people that like the Buffy Angel stuff. But even that. I mean, that was really where the show knew what it was doing. Yeah, and it had a whole story to tell. And the, and the idea of even Angel turning evil and all that kind of stuff is really powerful. And Spike. Hey. School yeah. heart. Never forget. Uh, Daniel. What do you think about season six before we started watching it again and now after? Love, love season six. I thought it was always good. It's been better on the rewatch. Um, I'll get into it on my top fives. Um, just I, There was a lot of stuff that I didn't actually account for being great about this season. I just enjoyed the Willow turn. I was affected by the Terra and Willow the gre- all that stuff played for me the first time around. I've only watched it one time through. Six uh, lived up to his expectations for sure. I think, at least for me, I have the best idea because I've seen it the most times. Oh, yeah, and I've only seen it once for all of these. So, What about you? You were a hater of season six. I know. How do you feel me it's good. after well, this? Well, quickly, a little quote. using the pillow as a pillow. I know. Oh, my God, dude. A, a quote from Joss Whedon about season six and yeah, seven. Please, he please. just... I've said this before, that I think when people look at the seventh season as a story, they'll understand season six better. Mm. So, and I saw a couple of comments online too, um, looking, you know, reading all the crap I read, that 
this is supposed to be as a like a kind of a set like this is not willow's this isn't the end of everything you mentioned that this is a cliffhanger it really is and we don't often do that like uh at the end of becoming yes angel goes to hell but that feels really final Mm -hmm. like it it doesn't feel like you don't think he's for a second coming back so it's not like uh it's not a cliffhanger graduation day we blow up the school there is no mystery the school we stop the evil it's over yeah you walk away and we see the yearbook and like it's like oh it's over season four not only is restless not a cliffhanger but primeval is also not we stopped adam it's over you know uh, we stop the master we stop glory like we don't really yeah. su- i mean buffy dies but again we have no reason to think she's coming back to life so it's not a cliffhanger it's an end so this is i mean with spike getting mm-hmm. his soul and what's going to happen to willow like how are our friends going to come together is really big and won't get answered until yeah. the end of season seven yes. part of that is that they had the two-year contract immediately with upn and that's it I, I, but that's that frees you yeah uh, how I feel about the season, I feel so much better about it now. Like, so I like Good. it so much more. When I'm not being a cynical asshole and just like narrowly looking at this show as the show that killed this character and these this couple that I love so much and it was very important because I'm a teenager and this is the only thing that matters in the entire world. Uh, this season really is dark. Again, Thomas Waker notwithstanding. Like, Buffy wants to die basically the whole season. She's completely disaffected. She's not a hero. She barely is, is clinging to life and... and sleeping with spike and like doing all these things and that whole story too like that that's such a very adult idea of sleeping with this guy you fucking hate who loves you and you are using that just mm-hmm. because you want to hear you want to feel something you want someone to want you just so you have that kind of power even just like i know this guy wants me and nothing else if everything else is terrible it's just like that's intense fucking xander doesn't get married he like he leaves someone at the altar and wow. then go, starts drinking like this is like these are adult themes, people. This is like very intense. And Willow obviously becomes a drug addict. I mean, the drugs as metaphor, you know, for magic, whatever. I mean, even to take Willow from God, fourth season Willow, who's just like using magic sometimes impulsively and impetuously, like, you know, Oz dumped her. So she does a spell and it goes wrong yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And, but to see that turn of like, yeah, I'm glad we've been tracking it through the watches. Willow's getting too powerful, eh? Because she went from someone who was using magic maybe to help her friends to someone who was using it because she knew she could and because she could change and things to her And abusing Tara yeah. with it. Yeah. And fucking abused her girlfriend. Like, that's intense, man. And, like, that's not even mentioning the fact that Spikes tries to rape Buffy, that Tara fucking dies. Giles leaves them. He leaves when Buffy needs her the most or needs him the most. He leaves. Like, yeah. This is a dark, fucked up season, and I love it. Like, it's really good if you just let yourself appreciate it. And I just never did. I think maybe if you're a kid, maybe you don't want the dark. But I think maybe growing up, you're like, yeah, the adult themes. It turns out that I definitely relate more to that. Yeah. Like, that all works a lot better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're always going to have the nostalgia. The first three seasons especially are still, like, they're wrapped in my brain. Mm -hmm a lot more than some of these older ones. I have no idea what's happening, yeah. but like thematically, I'd rather be here. I'd rather be hanging out with my friends as adults. Cause I'm an adult. So there's another quote from Joss Wien where yeah. he was like, um, the pain doesn't stop just when you, when you leave high school, it becomes different, right? Like everybody grows up. Clearly things shifted in season four because you know, we all went to college. So we had that little bit of separation, but this is Buffy's an adult now. She's not adolescent. I'm going to school, whatever. I, I'm the caretaker for my sister. I'm dealing with all this bullshit. My life is terrible. Let's talk about the episodes a little bit. Want to get into some rankings? We like to do rankings around here, right? Let's do that. So, Stacia, I want your five worst episodes. Oh, wow. 
from the least worst to the most worst? Correct. Or? Like 18 to 22, starting with 18. Okay. My least worst is gone. Which give you, gotta, you should give us our, your little plot thing so we can know everybody. Oh, remind everyone. Hell yeah. Hell Let's yeah. Go. Okay. So in Gone, Buffy has invisibility raid. She has invisible, invisible sex with Spike. Oh, that's what we spent all the money on. That's right. All the invisibility shit. Anyway. Sorry. Uh, she fucks with the social worker who comes and is, you know, right. State of California versus Buffy Summers. Yep. Bro, and uh, I wrote, Dawn hasn't used a phone. <laughs> I do think she was confused. The phone rang, needed to call someone, and forgot that phones work. She was like, if only we could do a telepathy. And I was like, it's called <laughs> mm. a phone. <laughs> that's, oh, Giles. It was probably like, I wish we could oh, talk yeah. to Giles. Oh, that's oh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there's no phones in England. There's no phones in England, of course. Yes. I'm like, I won't forget these notes. <laughs> yeah, See? I know, right? <laughs> Don hasn't used a phone. Okay. Uh, then my next least worst, slightly worser than gone is Hell's Bells, mm-hmm. uh, which is Xander and Anya's wedding. And we see the introduction and the conclusion of Stuart Burns' Philanderer. That's right. Icon. <laughs> An icon for our age. Uh, and then my middle worst is Older and Far Away. Nice. Uh, when Don wishes that everyone is trapped in her, the house with her. She steals a leather jacket for Buffy's birthday. Um, right. Willow refuses to do magic because she's better now. Irony. Yes. Yeah, Tara's in that episode. It's sad that it's so far down, but, you know, it's not a good episode. Uh, and then my penultimate worst episode of the season is Double Meat Palace. Excellent. Where we see Buffy's sad employment life. Uh, I wrote chicken buttons, which I remember there were chicken oh my buttons. Gosh, yes. Sure were. Uh, penis monster. Yep. Of course. Obviously. Of course. Uh, we see Hal Freck show up. Oh, yeah. And then um, she has sad sex with Spike in an alleyway. Oh, God. That was oh, the worst one. I mean, other than, you know, the wor- real worst one. But <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. And then my last worst, most worst of the season is As You Were. <laughs> which is when Riley comes back. Oh. Buffy's hat has a cow. Yes. Um, yes. We have Sam introduced. who is possibly the doctor. Icon. I Sam like the that doctor. better. Um, and then Buffy dumps Spike forever. And right. also we get Riley saying terrassing. Terrassing <laughs> through the jungle. We've been terrassing through every jungle from Paraguay up, taking out nests. As soon as we put one Savolti down, it doesn't take its place. Oh, yes, Daniel, please tell me your least... Right. I don't have any uh, fun uh, descriptions the way that you do, so I'll just go through mine. They're, they're going to be standard. I think we're all kind of on the same page. Uh, so from the least worst, one, two, three, four, five, uh, all the way is my least mm-hmm. worst, 118 out of 137. Uh, and even one above that older and far away, 110 out of 137. Uh, so all the way was number five, if you will. Going down under that is Double Meat Palace at 126 out of 137. Dog shit. Smashed. 127 after Double Meat Palace. Shit. Gone, 133 out of 137. <laughs> Shit. And second, can, only topped by Killed by Death, the worst episode of television I've ever seen, is Wrecked <laughs> at 610, 136. Trash. Holding the line, man. We knew coming into the season, we were like, smashed, wrecked, and gone are their worst fucking episodes. And it turns out, thank God, I'm not wrong about that. Mine, yeah. 18, Hell's Bells, 19, all the way. God, Hell's Bells was 20, so Double Meat Palace, 21, as you were. Hmm. 22 older and far away the party but we can't talk about yes. what is and is not a party again we can't rehash this we cannot go to that again <laughs> okay the good stuff top five stacia please yes. you gotta Me prime again. us because we need the plots we do need the plots um so five to, to one uh my fifth best episode of the season is afterlife uh which is when mm. buffy tells spike she was in heaven 
and yeah. we deal with that possession ghost. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, and Anya does the scary cutting her face oh, and yeah. thing. Um, right, right, right. Yep. And then my fourth best of the season is Grave. I think we know what happens in that. Um, hey, this this episode. Yeah. <laughs> There's a three foot Satan temple. That's Do you right. remember that? Great. Yeah. No. <laughs> I remember that because I wrote it in my plot synopsis. You're welcome. Uh, my third best. Uh, wait. I, I'm sorry. I skipped one. <laughs> Afterlife, and then Dead Things. Mm, I skipped right. over it. Uh, dead Things is when Warren kills Katrina. And Buffy thinks she killed Katrina instead, and then Buffy gets sad and she beats up Spike, and then she cries to Tara about how she's sleeping with Spike. That's oh, right. Oh yeah. Okay, so that was my fourth one, and then Grave, and then my second best of the season is Tabula Rasa, mm -hmm. which is when Willow curses everyone. They all forget who they are. We get Umad, never mm. forget. Mm -hmm. Whatever, then, Joan. Uh, and then my best of the season is Once More with Feeling. And before this season, I would have been like, yeah, Tabula Rasa, once more, I feel like one and you know, two and one. So you kept it. That's right. That's good. Is that good not right? No. I mean, Is that what? not right? Yeah. yeah. That was, I'm no, just, you're that actually going to jail. Prior to rewatching the season. It? No, I'm saying prior to rewatching the season, that would have been. That would have been what you thought was the first. Mm. But spoiler for five minutes from now. Damn. Well, fair enough. You're no, nice. Five minutes. I'm not going to take five minutes <laughs> for this. I do want to shout out. Uh, I'm going to go to six, just like I pulled in older, far away. I'm going to pull in six here just because uh, a grave and two to go. We just did that. That's my number five. But right before that is normal again. That's pretty tough. I normal again is great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's you could almost swap these two on a different day. It is what it is. Uh, you're going to hate this, Kelly, but villains is my number four. Never saw that coming. <laughs> 14, number 14 out of 137. Uh, and then definitely never saw this coming at all. Dead Things, 13 out of 137. One of the best episodes of this show, period. Thinking back on it now, I wish I put it above Tabula Raza, which is not my number two, at a, number 11, right outside of the top 10, uh, out of 137. And of course, was never going to be dethroned. The Great, once more with feeling. Number three overall behind The Body at number two and The Great Restless at number <laughs> yeah. one. As we all agree, Restless, best episode. No. <laughs> Hard no. <laughs> yeah. My uh, my top five in descending order. Five, normal again. Four yeah, dead yeah. things. Three, once more feeling. Two, seeing red. I, it was a mistake, but, uh, you know, I, st I stand by it. Yeah. And, uh, number one, grave this episode. So. Wild. I mm. am absolutely fucking shocked at all of this. I would never in a million years have thought I that. I thought this would be what it would have just. Once more feeling, number one. Tabula Ross number two. two, and we're done. But I'm just like, wow, I can't believe how little that ended up mattering to me at the end of all this in the context of yeah. the whole emotional everything of the season. Just like shocking. And yeah, dead things out of nowhere. Biggest surprise. What Thank you, David Fury. is kind of good. Oh, no. Oh, no. Is it? <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> but Spoiler alert. what makes a good season? Great moments. But first, I want to hear about the worst ones. Stacia, can you just think of quickly, like, give me like three examples of things about this season that stick out to you that you remember it right now that were the worst moments of this season? I, I had five. So sure. one of my one of my bottoms was Dawn being a klepto with a dumbass storyline. <laughs> Unnecessary. <laughs> Never paid off. Awful. I think did that start in season five, though? Or no, it, mm -hmm. I don't think it started until here. I don't think it did. Yeah, when she stole something from the manager box for the first time, I think. But don't care. Not, yeah. Thomas Winker, gonna shot him out oh, again. Geez. Fucking ruined this this show. Not ruins, but yeah. 
most of the moments that I have this. I mean, I just keep thinking back to Prophecy Girl when I rewatched it for The Gift, and I was like, the music lets it down, man. This is a very powerful episode of TV, and it's still good the way it is, but I was just like, shit, this would really just, like, hit a few. Yeah. In As You Were, basically everything Riley does from just <laughs> existing and that having a stupid Riley. face scar, <laughs> but then also all of the dumb things he says, which I wrote down. Um, I said this in that episode, but I'm going to say it again here yeah. for Please. posterity. Uh, boys like toys. Mm. Uh, that the demons are going to, quote, go to war with humans. Uh, he needs his battle gear. <laughs> he says they're breeders, <laughs> as if every animal creature isn't. isn't yeah. um, black ops. <laughs> And as I already mentioned once, terrassing. Never forget. I feel like we can all just look at each other and just terrassing. We know exactly what we're going to say. That was one of yours, too. Well, that's what I said. I mean, my four was yeah, Riley. And I said, dot, dot, dot. It's fine. Dot, dot, dot. But dot, dot, dot. Eh. Dot, dot, dot. I, you know, because it's like, it's bad. We, But like, it was we got so much joy out of terrassing. <laughs> Do we true. not want him to be here? <laughs> I true. mean, honestly, it was a lot of joy. I guess. I, so I'll just, uh, since you said that, I will say hell's bells not being the episode that I wanted it to be. Mm. I struggle with that. And actually I like it a lot more. I've come to peace with it a bit, uh, in these last three episodes of the show where for you, I wa- watching you have a breakdown of them <laughs> doing a three episode arc, Hell's Bells into uh, into normal again, into entropy. entropy, You do alternate reality the next week. And then, oh, you have the conversation you should have had in Hell's Bells and entropy. Like, I was having a breakdown myself over the episode. I felt like they could have had a fucking banger. And for me, it's like that that run of entropy to the end really actually works very well for the whole season. Yeah. And uh, it's... I just we're not in the best Kelly. We're it's at the only bottom. three days. You know, we, we talked a lot about the 24 hour thing. Oh, in yeah. The last three episodes, even that from entropy to the end is three days. Willow Rosenberg gets her girlfriend back. Her girlfriend murdered and tries to end the world in three days. Like it's too a much. rough long weekend. The Devon Coven, they'll understand. <laughs> yeah. So in gone, uh, one of the side effects of being invisibility raid is that eventually you turn into goo in that scene where they like grab the traffic cone or whatever. And it's like, squelch. all of it. I hate hate everything about that. Uh, There are so many terrible things, but one of them, I mean, I guess we like dead things. We did like dead things. But there were a lot of terrible ones, one of which is Buffy wrapped up in a carpet after having sex with Spike. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that was rough. You could even chalk that up to, like, a lot of the Spike stuff. I could see people being pissed off about Mm -hmm. I also wrote down, and I don't know the context, Juicy Pulsating Candy. Oh. And I wrote, oh, yeah. (laughs) It's like candy. Juicy Pulsating Candy. My least favorite moments of the the season were absolutely anytime Willow was drugged out and when Amy steals the drugs and all of that, everything we've talked about, just the worst. You're reading my mind. Number two for me was wrecked and smashed are as bad as I remember. (laughs) And I'm thank God for it. (laughs) I do forget about gone, but I will not forget about gone in the future. It's a threefold. Again, the three, the three, the three. Mm -hmm. Terrible shit. Good shit. I was really hopeful that Wrecked and Smash would become this season's beer bad, and it didn't happen. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Was the obvious one. Tara dying and and Mr. Tenthroid. And not getting enough Tara. Yeah. Criminal. It's criminal. It's the worst moments of this season. By far the worst moments. Mm. Oh, trio. We didn't even bring up. Worst parts about this. The trio not being real, and this all being a figment of Buffy's imagination. Uh, I think that's important to note. Yes. Moving on to the good stuff. What's your, give me a favorite moment. 
Um, I like in Tabula Rasa when we get married when Willow says, I'm a little gay, when I she know. said the same thing in um, Doppelgangland <laughs> because when I guess she's a little bit different from herself or something. I don't know. Like, she forgot who she was. Yeah. She still remembers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just thought it was cute. Oh, yeah, it's a d- great line. Uh, bottom five of my top five is I got addicted like addicts do. And uh, it paid off. One of my favorite moments of the whole season was when, in Entropy, when Willow asked Tara on a date. And she's just, like, so goofy and cute. And it's friends. like... Friends. We don't have friends. Yeah, right. yeah. Friends. I don't know. And just... She's smiley. And they're just, like, so fucking happy. And it's just... Ugh, Colleen. Oh, no more. No so more of good. that. <laughs> and it'll never happen again. Oh, my God. Uh, the singing in Once More with Feeling... I think maybe specifically one of my favorite songs is the um, one when they're all in the magic box and Anya gets that little solo where she sings about how scary bunnies are. Yeah, Uh, bunnies. The bunnies, yeah. Yeah. Because in the spotlight and on the note, yes. Oh, it's so good. So good. Fantastic. Everything. Uh, My number four moment was uh, Sam. Honestly, like Sam being the doctor. Just well, (laughs) being like uh, a, a contrapoint, if you will, to my Riley being my worst number mm-hmm. four. She's my best. Uh, the conspiracies. We, I mean, all that stuff about her being the doctor was fan- so fantastic. And also she was teamed on before Buffy, who in this episode of grave becomes teamed on Sam is just leading the, way. the game. She's a trailblazer she is. is what we call terrassing through the jungle. She's terrassing through the jungle <laughs> and is telling Dawn to terrass to whatever her dreams are. <laughs> tear ass, tear to, ass your, to your dreams. A motivational poster, tear ass to your dreams. Oh and it's just God. an ATV and just. Oh, man. Uh, uh, for me, back to Tabula Rasa, basically there's like every fucking line, but specifically when Don yells, Alex, that'll never not be one of my favorite things ever just because no one's ever called him Alex in the history of the entire show. Uh, I hope that this is from this season, but it's something that we've been quoting to each other a lot recently, so I feel like we need to say it, but when Jonathan says, run, Juliet, <laughs> oh, run. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely in this season. <laughs> that just keeps coming up for some perfect delivery. I just, I want to hear that at Luke forever. Run, Juliet. Okay, so the trio's not the worst. Fair <laughs> Jonathan is honestly a oh, treasure. Yeah. He is. National and he's going to die. So. He is. Not great for Jonathan. <laughs> Not great through Andrew. He's the one who fucking murders him. Yeah, it's fine, but Andrew gets to have fun. I realized the Don's never heard of a phone thing that I had in my notes. Oh. Don's never used a phone. It's from Gone, and it's because she says, because Buffy's invisible, how can I talk to you if I can't see <laughs> right. you? Oh, right, right, right. With right. her and her pizza. Right, know. right, right. Oh, God. Awful. <laughs> there Absolutely you go. Awful. You're flying pizzas, and you're not here. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, number three, top five for me. Again, I'm trading over stuff here, but normal again, villains, pleasant surprise. So many episodes that, I mean, it's the same for you, Kelly. It's like you thought the, these were bad or you have no idea what they are. And they turn out to be like, I don't think I'm going to forget about villains in particular. But like normal again, I thought was a bad episode. I convinced myself hmm. that, that it was not good. And it turns out to be great. Back to dead things for me for my last favorite moment. And it includes Tara, thank God. Uh, Buffy's finally breaking down about Spike at the very end of Dead Things, where she's, because she's convinced, she goes to Tara to ask her, because they're friends, Tara's met, Tara met, okay, can't. can't. <laughs> she goes to Tara because she can't talk to anybody else, and Tara's wonderful, and she's like, tell me why Spike can hurt oh, me. Right, right. And so the whole, you know, the episode happens, and oh my God, just rewatching that scene where she sees Willow outside the magic box and the fucking Gavin Rosdale song, mm-hmm. and Willow's just like crushed, and just... 
that episode is really good, guys. But the very last scene where Tara's sitting across from Buffy and Buffy's sitting on the couch and or on the coffee table and Tara's on the couch and she's like, uh, there's nothing wrong with you, Buffy. His chip's just malfunctioning because on a metaphysical or like on a physical level, you have like a, a deep sunburn and the, yeah. the chip can't figure it out. And she's like, that can't be right. Tell me. Don't forgive me. Don't forgive me. Why, why am I doing these things? And just like SMG is amazing. And it's just like, oh, my God. Broken. Our friends are fucking broken. What a great show. What a great moment. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Do you have another good moment? Um, yeah. One thing that I enjoy that I don't think anyone else mentioned yet, because I'm trying not to like retread already mentioned ground. Yeah. Um, Life Serial. It was fun to see Buffy go through oh, all her this little stuff. construction. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. Little, like flower in her hair and then the forever what? mummy it's hand that she has to course. murder. And of course. It was fun. And this mummy hand has his to be. That, that was like, you know, and one of the, the few lighthearted travel, yeah. episodes of the season. That was, was really high for me for a long one time. one of the only lighthearted ones, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they just forgot that life is a big bad. I mean, except for life is a big bad, but they don't go into money except for randomly bringing it up right. here and there. I mean, my my uh, number one and two are, are obvious. Once more with feeling, fantastic. Uh, that carried throughout the whole season. Another mm-hmm. thing where it's been fun to watch um, that be such a, a piece. You know, Joss Whedon didn't do uh, the finale, right? Mm-hmm. But him setting the template there in episode seven, I, I thought they did a great job of carrying it through. Yeah. And that's an interesting way for a showrunner to do it, right? Very cool. And then finally, uh, like my number one was is Dead Things. Dead mm-hmm. Things. I, I went back to my ratings. I don't look at them anymore because I want to be organic with it. But uh, before we did this, just to get organized, I saw and I like did the math on what all of my how how off am I from 2013? I ranked Dead Things 106 Whoa. slots out of where it. I ranked it in 2013 at 119. Oh my and I god! And I ranked it at number 13. The next closest wow. one is like 45 out as a gap. Wow, as a gap. That's incredible. And it's like beer bad, and it's still like low. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> you know what I mean? I think there is one that might be in the 50s. I think, but like, but they're all like still middling. But like, I was blown away by by dead things. I, st- I it's so good. It's interesting if the next one is Beer Bad because I feel like Beer Bad makes Beer sense because I feel like everyone thinks Beer Bad's a classically terrible episode yeah. and then watching it we're like actually it's really funny. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so of course it's gonna jump, but this one huh. is is wild. It's just yeah. an unknown one. It's like villains. I mean, villains I think is a good twenty thirty type of thing too, where it's like I just don't. I didn't know. I don't know what it is. That's why we do this. Yeah, I'm sure. Again, if we were to reset this 10, 20 years later. I'm sure we'd feel differently about episodes. Yeah. That's the beauty of it all. That's so. the point. I mean, that's why it's a good TV show. <laughs> well. <laughs> Turns out. Hey, another quote from Joss Whedon. Yeah. Kind of about that. And he's pompous and whatever, but still. Yeah. Uh, I don't like to make TV shows that you enjoy and forget. I designed Buffy to be an icon, not just a TV show. All right. I mean, we you can we can, we can can dunk on him all we want, but it's true. It's fucking true. <laughs> it's fucking true. <laughs> so... Do you think that other people, Mr. Whedon, go, I don't want to make anything worthwhile. I'm just yeah. going to waste my time. I think that they're there to garbage. cash a check, and I think a lot of stuff is garbage. Well, I mean, whether it's just or not content, even but. they intend it, I, how much media do you consume? And it's just like, oh, shit, I forgot I even watched that show. That happens to me constantly. Yeah. And this is the one thing in my life that I've never forgot and yeah. want to keep going back to. And mm. and is he unique in that? No. And no, that's no. Your mileage is absolutely going to vary. But like, Absolutely. 
not for me. Yeah. <laughs> it worked for me. I don't know. The TV is off. What? What? People. I wanted uh, Tara to kind of get the last word oh. of our season. Uh, Giles, cue it up for us. You lose someone you love, and the other people in your life, the ones who care about you, become meaningless. I wonder what Tara would say about that. And then fucking Willow says, you can ask her yourself. That was like, Willow's not here anymore. Willow doesn't live here anymore. Like, not only is she saying something so callous about Tara in a way, but also like, I'm going to fucking kill you, yeah, Giles. Yeah. It's just like, ah, the, oh light, no. the light is gone. Kay. Yeah. She doesn't care about anything. Anyway, so Tara says at the end of Entropy, another great episode, things fall apart. They fall apart so hard. You can't ever put them back the way they were. I'm taking some liberties here, but it takes time. There's so much to work through. Trust has to be built again on both sides. You have to learn if you're even the same people you were and if you can fit e each other's lives. It's a long and important process. And she says to skip it, skip it and start kissing, which is excellent. But no, I think that's the theme of season seven. I think that's everything that we need to work towards is our lives completely fell apart. We aren't even friends anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of this, we're rebuilding that. But like, what's going to happen? What is the next step? Is Buffy going to make good on her promises to Don? Is Willow going to be able to get over this? How does she get over this? Yeah. And what's up with Spike? Can we lay off the tough questions for a while? Sorry. We did it fucking did it we made it through this episode we made it through the season and everybody feels better about buffy the vampire slayer the tv show and by everybody i mean me but it seems like also you guys yeah we were already fine this has been an incredibly long episode so i hope everybody stuck through we'll see what happens figure it out thanks for listening so much i cannot believe anybody listens to this and i appreciate it especially after all the feelings i've been having recently but i hope i made it all good <laughs> worked out in the end so, we'll see. we'll see. Until season seven, Stacia, say goodbye. Goodbye. Daniel, say goodbye. I don't want to protect you from podcasts. I want to show you Beat Me Pod. I want to show Beat Me Pod to you. <laughs> I want to show. I want to. I don't want to protect you from podcasts. I want to show Beat Me Pod to you. This! Show Beat Me Pod to all your friends and everyone. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time for season seven. In like five episode months. Episode one Lessons. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. See you in September. It's like five months away. Bye. <laughs>